I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. I'm Stephen Vave. Don't you cry no more. This is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast about the supernatural TV show. Hey, fellas, how you doing today? Doing pretty well, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> good, Doing good, right. good. Thank you for coming back for another episode. I know you know this takes you away from your busy lives of um, posting supernatural memes in our in our general <laughs> DM chat. So thank you mm-hmm. for taking a break mm-hmm. from that for a little way, for a little while. Yeah, it's hard. It was hard to get away, but you know sometimes it's worth it for uh, for the boys. I'm, I'm glad you could, glad you both could be here. We're doing uh, three episodes from season two today, and I've already forgotten the names. Um, but so maybe <laughs> maybe no exit the usual suspects <laughs> and crossroad you. blues and crossroad blues mm-hmm. steven you want to catch us up on the road so far sure so previously on monster of the week sam and dean run across gordon a blade fanboy with a bit of an obsession who also reveals dinner uh, dean's inner rage emo sad side the boys <laughs> the boys then move on to a very sad man child whose name is as forgettable as his character and saw that movie dead girl one too many times and finally run across another child like sam only instead of uh telekinesis or premonitions this guy can uncomfortably tell women to sleep with him and random people to give up their coffee twist though he had an evil twin played by the guy from Deus Ex who's totally super popular. <laughs> Twist though. They want you to know that whatever his name is, uh who's our who's our psychic friend who's supposed to be like a real nice guy, uh, even though he tells women to sleep with him and steals people's coffee. What's his name? Oh uh, uh why you gotta rest anyway, it's an it, old joke. We're, yeah. we're supposed to know that he's like not a bad guy because he doesn't use his powers on the woman that he loves, right? So, like, anybody yeah. else that you want to use and abuse is fine, but, like, when it comes to love, like, you're still a solid dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I have, I have, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just, like, totally what the writers thought going into that. Anyway, we are Chris's that opinions episode. does not represent those of the <laughs> <laughs> Monster of the Week or its affiliates. <laughs> First, First racist truck, now this, huh, Chris? No, I'm saying that he's a scumbag. <laughs> no, the, but we're, yeah, the, the, but the we're writers, like, not supposed to think it. <laughs> Yeah, the, he's definitely framed as not a scumbag just because he's like not just because there's another worse scumbag next to him, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's yeah. better compared right, to that yeah, guy. But sure. you're, I mean, like, you're both scumbags. <laughs> scumbag isn't like murder. There isn't degrees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't be like <laughs> you can't be like a scumbag. You know, in the first or second or degree, the first, first degree, degree scumbag. scumbag is second. Actually, maybe you can be a first degree. Scumbag, now that I'm thinking about thing. this, do you want to get uh, into this episode? No, 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 I think this is this is probably better. Uh, first episode is no exit. Um, Chris, do you want to hit us with our summary? <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Uh, Sam and Dean have a problem. The ghost of America's first known serial killer back for more gore, and they have another problem. Joe, who falls on their hunky, uh, <laughs> follows on their trail. I think you just did. You change the word trail to hunk. No, I changed the word hunt to hunk. It was the perfect uh, crime. Oh man, it totally threw me off. Um, you should have just put like I was. I was gonna say hunky trail. So I'm still gonna say Joe, who follows on their hunky trail despite her mother's objection. Um, sorry, listener. I screwed that one up royally. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going on a hunt to fight H.H. H. Holmes and uh, Joe comes too. Okay. 
Yep. Yeah, Spoilers. this is a uh, we're continuing our our trend of getting to know some of the new characters for season two, which is a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And our our cold open, we get kind of a standard setup with a chicken in an apartment. Um, lights start blinking. Some shit gets weird. Um, some like black goo comes out of the walls, and her first which first is instinct gross. is like, "Oh, let me just put my finger in that." Which Ugh. let's find out what's going on nope. here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody that lives in like a city apartment, like a urban city like Chicago or New York, that would ever touch like anything inside their walls. <laughs> they would yeah. just pretend it doesn't exist. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah. They would either she call would... their landlord or just not deal with it. <laughs> exactly. I, this is rent controlled. <laughs> I don't want to call any attention to this whatsoever. <laughs> but yeah, she gets. Um, yeah, she sticks her finger in this outlet, and then she screams, and then we go to the bar. Where uh, Dean is proposing that Sam and Dean go rescue Katie Holmes from a cult. Yeah. <laughs> it's very topical. It's still in some ways very topical. Did you guys recently see the leaked Scientology video? Very weird. No. No. No, I didn't the see The orientation video for Scientology got out into the wild, and it's strange. Huh. I did not hear that because it's, you know, I don't pay attention to news sources from 2005. That'll, that'll be <laughs> hunting Scientology. Oh man, that would be pretty good. Yeah, this, this definitely dates this pretty, pretty hard because it's, you know, <laughs> Supernatural is always about like a year and a half too late with their jokes anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they go into the bar and Ellen and Joe are having like a screaming fight. Um, basically yelling like typical mom and daughter stuff of, you know, you're not old enough. I am too. Like that kind of thing. Typical Sam and John stuff. Typical Sam and John yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> some parallels. Uh, I, I like this scene because like a family comes in and like our <laughs> yeah. establishing shots of this place so far has been like, it's a, it's a bar in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like there's no signs around it. Like it just looks like a hole in the wall. Shit. Shit place. And like these <laughs> Family walks in with matching yeah. T-shirts. And <laughs> this is Nebraska is for lovers. Yeah. It's not a place that any responsible parent should be stopping with their children. Exactly. Why did you oh. stop the car? You should be. You should have been able to see at fifty-five miles an hour. This was not a place that you needed to go into. Yeah. And the only vehicle there is that really scary-looking Impala out front. Yeah, I'd say right. that they the got lucky given the circumstances. That the worst mm-hmm. that they encountered was just uh, women yelling at each other. <laughs> also, uh, real quick, before we get too far away from this, whenever they're first pulled up in front of the uh, the bar, I don't know if it's just some weird uh, effect that my DVDs have, um, but it kind of looked to me like it's just a wall with the front of a bar painted onto it. I mean, it, it, this, I mean, it's, it is Vancouver. Like, yeah, I was the like, fact that there's even an outdoor shot of something is pretty, <laughs> pretty un- unusual. That's very yeah. true, but that that was a very fr- that's the first time I've noticed that. I was like, oh my god, I wish they would have at least tried. <laughs> but there, but anyway, yeah, Ellen and Joe are arguing about. Um, Joe wants to go on this hunt. She has developed this case. She's researched it um, with all of these ladies disappearing in a hotel and I keep saying Chicago. It may not be Chicago. Like maybe <clears throat> in just a second, we can, we can consult dad's no, journal. Uh, and some, some it doesn't take, stuff. Yeah. It's what's where he died. Not where he killed, which threw me off for a little while. I think it's like uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia or something. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. yeah. Brotherly and ghoulish love. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'm going to, okay. Anyway, so we're going to move right on past that. Um, but yeah, so Sam and Dean take the job and they go to start investigating things and uh, they break into the room because it's Sam and Dean and start like, mm-hmm. they're seeing like EMF readings off the charts. Like, yeah. This is crazy. This is orbing like crazy. It's uh, orbing yeah. like crazy. It's really and they also orbing. go poking around and they just say something that you don't expect and they're like, 
It's fucking ectoplasm, isn't it, bro? <laughs> I mean, like, that's just, that's just a Ghostbusters word, right? It's the only no, that's context a, I've ever heard no, the no, word no. ectoplasm. No, ectoplasm a is thing. a thing. Yeah, it's yeah, just a, a it's just, sure. Oh, Have yeah. you ever played an RPG, Steven? Ectoplasm is often a consumable item. Yeah, but did the RPG come out after Ghostbusters? No, that's, that's like a thing. That's like ghost residue. Oh. Yeah, that's been a, that was a thing when like people oh. were. Uh, I mean, I know that's what it's supposed to be, parlors but... or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys' but, word for it. But yeah, they they totally find ectoplasm, which just something about that word. Yeah, Chris, it just makes it sound <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> yeah, I say I'll tell you, ectoplasm from the Greek ektos, meaning outside, and plasma, meaning something formed or molded, is a term coined yeah. by Charles Richet to denote a substance or spiritual energy exteriorized by physical mediums. I don't see any mediums in this episode, but yeah, we got some ectoplasm. Oh, we do mm-hmm. get some ectoplasm. Um, they they leave to go like do some more investigation and run into, of course, our friend Joe, yeah. and, uh, who uh, I really I like what she's doing here. How she straight up just lays on real thick with uh, with Dean being her boyfriend. They're looking at the apartment to, yep. to rent it out, and yeah, like, because she's, she, she's actually going about this in a way smarter way. She's yeah. like, I I need to get inside this apartment to see what's been happening, and I don't want to just bust in and then and then get busted myself and have to leave. So she's just gonna go use this money that she swindled from other hunters to just like rent this she room where these girls have been disappearing. Crazy fat stack of cash. Yeah. I mean, and it just it, like it's, it, like it's like the thousand dollars in fives. Yeah. Like it's just. A wad yeah, of cash, it's a it's like wad. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot of a, a lot of other words used to describe that, but it just shows like the clear distinction of not just how uh, Joe does things, but Joe feels like it seems like every other hunter they meet is how hunters operate, and then there's Sam and Dean, who are like <laughs> yeah. the whiz kids, but also just like the total like outside freaks. Like they're like, yeah, we're not gonna like do any research or anything. We're just gonna go kick the door down or un- or lockpick it or whatever. Uh, we're not gonna you know go about this the smart way. Uh, and then you have Joe, who's like, I'm prepared for this. I have planned. Not you know. I wasn't just looking at a newspaper at a bar and decided to go, you know, <laughs> or see worse. if it was a case. Like, or I worse, time on this. <laughs> Pose outside of a bar on top of the hood of an Impala, reading a newspaper <laughs> in the dark, looking for yeah. work. <laughs> 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 Sam and Dean are sometimes the, the worst hunters when it comes to, like, the actual mechanics of this job. And everyone's you know like, saying? oh, I've heard of you. And it's like, no, you, they haven't heard of their skills. They've heard about that shit. Them yeah. laying on the hood of their car. Like, dial it down. They, <laughs> they get away with so much just because of their hunkiness because the dude is like well wait how did you guys get in there and like, oh, it was, like, oh, it was, it was, it was totally yeah, unlocked totally. Yeah, totally. Um, this is like this kind of starts some stuff with um, Dean and Joe that's going to kind of that we've talked about over the last few episodes of the podcast where um, like they started ha- with, with this kind of chemistry this will not not will they won't they but this kind of chemistry together of you know we, we want to do some makeouts on each other. And like, I think yeah. this is the episode that kind of seals it as not ever going to happen. Cause th- mm-hmm. in this episode with her putting herself in danger like this, like Dean is in full big brother mood. Yeah. And yeah. I think that part of that is probably, it was a natural thing after just seeing the chemistry of the two actors. There's no sexual chemistry between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there is chemistry and, but it's more again of that brotherly, uh, or big brother thing for Dean, whatever. Um, 
they play off of each other very well, but you don't get any of that tension like you get from friggin' Sam and Sarah and Providence. Oh my god. Yeah. And also, I, I actually, I kind of like that it goes this way. I mean, we've, we've talked about how our feelings over the development of their relationship before, but I, I like that seeing in this episode Dean kind of like having his head clear in this situation. Like he's not like, I mean, I don't read him as ever giving it a second thought. Like as soon as she shows up, he's like, what on earth are you doing here? Like we're going to get our ass to shoot out because then he like immediately just lies to Ellen about that. She's definitely not there. Even though he's terrified of Ellen. (laughs) It's funny. Dean being afraid of an older woman because he has no mother figure. So like, Oh yeah! Upon running into Ellen, he's immediately just like, "Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> he did the same thing with Dakota back in season one too. Like he was like, "Yes, yeah. ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm sorry, ma'am." <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really funny. Oh, um, I, I like that. Uh, wow, I had something I just totally forgot. Oh, I like this dialogue between um, <clears throat> Dean and Joe as they're kind of arguing back and forth as they the first time they enter the room. And mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of this, Ellen calls and like uh, all of this dialogue where they're kind of like just talking really fast to each other is something that Supernatural doesn't do a lot of. And it really works right here. This is yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And then Joe starts like, you know, doing the gunslinger thing with a bullet with her knife for some reason, only like, but, like very the knife badly. Is way too big for it to yeah. like be cool looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this knife twirling thing I thought was just the dumbest thing in the world. And like, I think she's just like, like she's her her hand is just literally rotating to the other side, right? Like she's not actually flipping the knife around. Her yeah. Like she, it's like, she's trying to walk the knife between her fingers, but the knife is, it's just so awkwardly large that she yeah. can't do it. Yeah. I don't think that um, anybody would be criticizing it if they didn't spend so much time focusing on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It gets well, some screen time. The, <laughs> you, know? you can tell that they're, they're going to great lengths to show that she actually does know what she, like she kind of, you know, has an idea for what she wants to do. And like, she's not incompetent. In her planning, at least, you know, we haven't seen the execution yet, but I mean, that was kind of the crux of uh, her argument with, uh, with Ellen before they, they leave is, you know, you, you think I'm just going off half baked, you know, I, maybe I actually know what I'm doing, the standard kid, uh, yeah. parent argument thing, but you know, this showing that, um, maybe she does know what she's doing. Like she's, yeah. she's done her homework. Um, she's got a plan and all that stuff. I think it's pretty important to like, I believe in the argument that Ellen and Joe were having in the beginning, like it's come out, it comes out that Joe is 19 years old. Like she is, yeah. she's not yes. a child, but she's like at 19 years old, literally everybody. And if you're 19 years old out there and you're listening to this, it's true. And you'll, you'll understand that it's the truth later. Every 19 year old is a goddamn idiot. Like every yeah. single mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 25 and I'm still kind of an idiot. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to be an idiot status until I, I actually, it hasn't. <laughs> we're doing a supernatural podcast and we talk yeah, exactly yeah I'm, if anything i'm regressing <laughs> so, um dean and joe continue to fight about this stuff because uh dean doesn't think she's taking it seriously enough but she uh she wants to pos- position position herself as bait since this thing only seems to be going after young pretty girls um and mm-hmm. he is not into this and, and uh there's there's some real real weird dialogue around this of the like sweetheart this isn't gender studies which dean like who has ever said the words gendered studies to you in your lifetime? Like, who was, <laughs> did you even was, get that, Dean? Where did you like even get that, that I feel like he saw it as the headline to an article and was like, yeah. oh, that's a good one. That, that'll make me sound And silly. I want to take that line as it's not Dean, like, trying to put her down. I, I'm trying, I want to take it as Dean saying, you don't have anything to prove. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think, but, I think that's exactly this is just a bad idea. Of, yeah, I think that's exactly the point of the line is that he's like, I'm not trying to talk down to you. It's like, this is dumb. There's just an argument between you and your mother about how she doesn't want to lose someone else in this family. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you are intentionally putting yourselves directly in harm's way, you know, yeah. more so than just hunting this thing. You want to put yourself out as bait. So I, I understand Like I can kind of understand where he's coming from, but Dean is Dean and, you know, it doesn't he's been, he's been a little mansplaining about some yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. But uh, he's also somebody who just lost a family member. So that's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. influencing his actions a lot. Yeah. We, this is definitely protector, protector Dean at full mm-hmm. force. And we're going to get, you know, besides an uncomfortable moment in a, in, in, inside of a wall later, like this is yeah. like going to be Dean being a protective dude. So yeah. um, at this point, like they're kind of wandering around the, the, this, it's not a hotel. I know it's not like an apartment complex, but like, I keep thinking in my head, it's a hotel for some reason, probably because it's I'm, because they like the, set up all this HH Holmes mythology yeah. and they don't use any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but as she's standing uh, near a vent, we see some fingers come out of it. And the, I like the camera stuff here, like from the perspective mm-hmm. of the vent, mm-hmm. that stuff is really good. Um, and it's you know I just like it when the camera gets a little a little creative. Uh, but this is when Dean smells; he recognizes a smell. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> y'all, this is some of the creepiest shit ever, right? And it's okay. So <laughs> the fingers come out. Joe realizes something's going on with the vent. She takes the vent off and starts looking. Dean sticks his arm in there, right? Like this is gross. That's, and pulls out like some move. hair. <laughs> like the, yeah. yeah, but like with like flesh attached to the end of it. Yeah, so it's like just about the grossest thing you could pull out. <laughs> yeah. And it, is it this point that he like he's like, oh yeah, I can smell something. I smell something familiar. It's uh, it, well, yeah, and then they bring it up like way later. Um, whenever they're explaining, I, I can't remember exactly it's why like it's a reveal. It? Well, yeah, it's formaldehyde. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not formaldehyde. It's uh, or not formaldehyde. Chloroform. Chloroform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I didn't put the word chloroform in my notes. I guess I thought I would just remember it, so that didn't really work out for me. It's, no, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's right down here because it gets revealed later for some reason. Like it's supposed to be a reveal. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Dean, why do you know what chloroform smells like? That's a real creepy move. <laughs> anyway, so now we go uh, in the same apartment building. Like another girl, we. I put this in the notes. Like it's just like another cold open. Like it's exactly the same thing that happened yeah. in the past, right? Except yet now another second cold open, and yet another <laughs> supernatural episode. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, we we get the whole thing. Like we get the ectoplasm. We get the you know she goes and looks at a vent. Some fingers pop out, and this time the, the fingers warm her hand, grab this chick, and like pull her through the walls. Mm-hmm. Very scary. Nothing, nothing really to add to this. <laughs> no, yeah. like I said, it's just it's another. It's, it's, it's literally another the same exact yeah. scene. <laughs> um, we go back to our our crew, and Sam has gone to get coffee. What's her name? As Joe usual, is, yeah, just like <laughs> Sam does. You know, every time the boys wake up, he goes and gets a cup. Yeah. Um, yep. I guess ever since Dad told him that um, to go get him some caffeine and then died, he's probably been doing that every single morning, huh? A cup of caffeine. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, caffeine. I mean, actually, the way the way it usually works is when there is a potential love interest for one of the boys, uh, the other one is goes and gets the coffee. I think they understand. Like that has to have been a conversation that they've had at one point, right? Because they're always in hotels. It's a conversation that Dean has had. Yeah, yeah he's like, "Yo, someone's over. You're going out. You know, you need to leave. And go give me coffee." 
do something. This, these are the conversations he has while he's cutting Sam's hair. Because again, <laughs> they established they give each other hair. They definitely give each other hair. You know, I actually I have this in my notes. I think this is a good Sam hair episode. Yeah, it's not bad. I think it's not bad. Are we get, can we get the official Sam hair ruling? Mm, yeah, um, I guess you're the expert here. So. It's 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 not bad. Okay, right. good, good. better than bad. Better than bad. Which is where we were before, so you know what? Improvements. <laughs> yeah, we were at bad before, now we're better than bad. Alright. Now we get some we get some dad conversation because oh, yeah. uh Joe has mm-hmm. stayed up all night, you know, trying to research this job while Dean sleeps on a chair. Um Dean Caesar's still twirling this, you know, kind of it we we talked that it was a big knife, and it is a, a large it was a knife that's too large to like make it, you know, dance around your fingers. Um but Dean is like, Here, I'm gonna give you my man knife and she's like, No, this one's special. It was my dad's. And so, like, they get to have, like, some dad sharing because her dad died on the job. She doesn't really talk about it, which, boy, does that sound familiar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this dad talk is probably some of the most, probably the most interesting thing in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Other than, like, the reveal of the baddie at the end. Um, because her dad, we don't find out just yet, but uh, in comparison to Sam and Dean, who were always on the road with their dad and they had lost their mom, uh, Joe's dad was married and had a daughter who lived at one place and he would return to them so i don't know if i assume ellen was in the life he was in the life as well they met uh had a daughter and then just tried to like just keep doing the thing that they've always done while keeping their daughter safe and like that's why she sets up the bar i don't know but i'm thinking about it like this guy must have had a real like heroic image of himself if he has a daughter at home and is still going off to fight these things Mm. because it's not like you know he's a cop and he has to go to work every day and like this is his calling this is what he does like yeah being a hunter can be his calling but it's still like somebody else can go and kill that monster while you stay and you work on the network at home and you live there with your family because i guess i'm starting to see these things from dean's perspective where if you have that thing you should hold on to it yeah. Rather than still right going out there and still exactly. fighting. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But we, like, every time, I feel like, uh, and I'm sure there's an exception that we'll come across later. Someone will uh, comment into us and tell me how wrong I am. But um, it feels like every time we see another hunter that there is this obsession uh, mm-hmm. with the job. Like, there's like it's almost uh, bordering on an addiction. Yeah. Um, I mean, that also might have something to do with how most times they meet other hunters they're they're posed as villains uh if they're a main character um or someone that is that is standing in their way that they have to try to work around um but that kind of i think that there's supposed to be something about the job inherently like i i don't know if they mean for it to be a lovecraftian thing we're seeing these uh these horrors from beyond the pale kind of breaks you a little bit inside but i like in my mind that's always kind of what's been going on with these people that like even though they treat it like, especially with the with the bar, they treat it almost like it's like they're truckers, you know. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's a, a different kind of life for them, you know. Like they they treat it like a normal thing. But I have to, I always imagined that anytime anybody got into hunting, it they you know they're less of a person now because of it, yeah. be, simply because of what they do. And Joe, or not Joe, Dean kind of tries to communicate this to Joe mm-hmm. by, like, he's, he's letting her know that this isn't the great romantic life that she thinks it is. She's seeing her dad in that ideal version of the man who's going out to war, he's beating the bad guy, and then he's coming home heroic to lift her in his arms. Uh, and she sees that as something that she wants to aspire to. And I think that there was a part of Dean that saw John that way, too. But now that he's dead and gone, the realities have started to slip 
more, I mean, more and more absolutely into Dean's psyche of like, what is this life? What has it done to us? And also at the same time, like I can never get out of this life because this is what I am now. Dean understands the feeling of being totally tired and hopeless and exhausted in a way that Sam, I don't know if Sam ever really feels that way. I don't know if Sam is ever completely broken by the job because, or the hunt well, he, life, he, whatever it is. He, he gets completely broken, just not by the hunt. Yeah. <laughs> but that's later. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's other things, but Sam always has something to kind of bring him forward. But where mm-hmm. Dean, after the death of John has just questioned everything and it's like set him back on his heels. And so he's just in this moment in like a very small way saying to Joe, like, no, no girl, like this is bad. I know that you love your dad and you look up to him, but like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of telling too, and we we skipped over it when it happened earlier in the episode. But uh, there was a moment where Dean and Joe are arguing about this stuff, and um, you know she says to him like, I, "You love the job," and he's like, "Yeah, but I'm twisted." Like yeah. already he's he's like since his dad's yeah. death, he's already realizing that like, "Hey, I may not be," and especially since his run in with uh, Gordon know, lurking, <laughs> Gordon be lurking, um, lurking Gordon. <laughs> he uh, he realizes like there's there's capability of, of this violence in himself, and like this is this job is changing him, and he doesn't like to see it. He wouldn't like to see it change someone as probably who he views through like, oh, she's young and she's innocent, so I don't want to see your innocence corrupted and yeah. be as bad as I am. Like he's, I, I had forgotten just how much. Dean gets shit upon in these episodes and so early like for, for some reason I was thinking that we had a pretty good run with Dean being just kind of a happy-go-lucky guy but nope no he is just, it immediately man, starts yeah that's <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer um we kind of got distracted with but like there's not a whole lot as far as uh, yeah actual plot here so like no. we go through some stuff basically there's a there's a scene where you know, they squeeze Joe and Dean together in the walls. You know, yeah. you can have like a weird moment where Dean's talking about cleaning the pipes, which like, oh, yeah, why? Nothing, nothing like a good jerk off joke, honey. Oh. <laughs> like, I guess they were because you know the last jerk off joke they did with Sam and the porn and Dean walking in on that was was really good. So maybe they were just feeling really strong on their jerk off humor that, that, that year. But yeah, that didn't. That didn't Somebody quite was work. new in the writers' room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, have you guys ever talked about masturbation as a joke? We want fourteen-year-old boys to think we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But inevitably, Joe gets captured, and uh, of course, at this point, uh, Ellen calls and realizes, like, "Oh, hey, I I didn't fall for the shit that Joe told me she was doing, and I'm coming that way." Like, this is this is actually like genuinely scary. Where where Dean is like, "I'm we're gonna get her back," and she's like, "Get her back from what?" Like, Ellen does a really good job. Oh yeah, yeah. Her, I was gonna say her acting in that scene. Like whenever she realizes what actually has happened, that something has happened to Joe, like is actually really, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, they figure out that the apartment building that they're in is directly next to where an old prison was where H.H. Holmes was hung and executed and then buried, I guess, something like yeah. that. Yeah, they were looking uh, at, like, previous residents on a, on a computer screen, and, and Sam picks this out. His 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 original name, which is, like, I don't know, Hinchy Ray Herschel Holmes. Herman Webster <laughs> Mudgett. There you go. There's a there's an entry at Dad's Journal about him. What do you know? Right. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Let's go Better to Dad's known, Journal. <laughs> Better known under the name of Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or more commonly, H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, he was one of the first documented serial killers in the modern sense of the term. While he confessed to 27 murders, of which nine were confirmed, he may have killed as many as 200 people. He brought in unknown number of his victims to 
victims to his World Fair hotel located about three miles west of the 19 or 1893 Chicago's World Fair. Uh, besides being a serial killer, according to Dad's Journal, H.H. H. Holmes was also a successful con, art- con artist and bigamist. So H.H. H. Holmes, um, he's everybody kind of knows his name. He um, There's documentaries, the book... Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It's a fantastic book. Um, super weird. And there's it's uh, a movie coming out about that, just for the listener's benefit. But yeah, H.H. H. Holmes, he was this basically con man who who built a murder hotel, is what they called it, where he, during the 19, or 1893 Chicago's World Fair, where millions of people are coming to Chicago for the first time, basically undocumented. It's not like you can you text your daughter and find out where she is. She's just getting on a bus to go, you know, find her dreams in Chicago or go on vacation and see this great world's fair. Um, and he took advantage of that by building this hotel. Um, he would constantly hire workers and then fire them so that nobody but him would know the full layout of this hotel. He had secret rooms and like a weird torture chamber in the basement where he would just like lock people in and uh, just all these crazy insane things uh, that only he knew about and he would lure young women in and nobody would ever hear from them again and it wasn't even just that he was a serial killer who enjoyed killing people which he was he also just like wanted to sell their skeletons for science like that's how he made his money um because he started off as just being a con artist by just like stealing things from people and that's like how he ended up getting caught was he would like buy furniture under a certain name and then would just use it and never pay it back uh and eventually like people just started being like hey that motherfucker owes me a shitload of money and i'm pretty (laughs) sure a bunch of women go in there and they never come back out like let's get this guy um so apparently he was sent back to philadelphia after he was eventually caught and uh that's where (laughs) supernatural this episode of supernatural takes place but uh his story was a uh there was something that we could like go back to to ask the police or excuse me the science who was buying these human skeletons and just like you you guys didn't ask a question (laughs) i keep finding them i don't know (laughs) (laughs) he said he had a lot of them in storage (laughs) we'd ask (laughs) jesus (laughs) <laughs> well thank you dad's journal for for catching that's up actually that. a lot of really cool in, like i mean it's it's sad because it really happened yeah. but oh, it's not cool yeah it's but it's also it's like i mean it's very interesting like there's a letter know. from a handwritten letter well that was transcribed obviously from a guy who was staying at his hotel and he woke it's in the eric larson's book devil in the white city uh, and he just wakes up in the middle of the night to somebody like turning his doorknob trying to open it and him being like, I yelled at them and told them that it was locked and that they shouldn't come in and they went away. And then a little while later, they came back and tried to open my door again. But by then I had like, you know, done something Like he realized this was before any allegations of murder had come out. He realized like these guys, because he had a partner, H.H. H. Holmes, like, they, they were going to kill him. And just that sense of fear of like somebody is trying to open this door. It's just this creepy little thing and i actually think that they capture part of that not the opening the door thing but part of that real like just creepiness uh super well in part of this episode yeah because i actually um i think because is it it's around here that we cut down to where joe is now where she's like locked into this like this real tiny like little coffin thing yeah. and i actually think and we see the uh the real creepy ghost show up where he's like, he's like mouth breathing mm-hmm. all over the opening of the coffin like this dude's <laughs> real creepy yeah, he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything real nice to these pretty young ladies that he's no. he's abducting, which is is super uncomfortable. But yeah, he's got her locked into like this coffin thing. I do like the moment where um, I don't like it, uh, but there's a there's a cool moment where he's like sticks his hand in and kind of starts pawing at Joe's yeah. face. That's really really uncomfortable. 
but she still has her her daddy's knife and stabs it with him and says, you know, that's that's cold iron, baby. Like that, that's gonna actually yeah. hurt her. Yeah, ass. she has so, her little moment of like, fuck mm-hmm. you, guy, <laughs> which is which is really cool. Um, and it's good because it, it would have been easy to just give Joe up to a damsel in distress. Yeah. But, um, yes, she is in distress, but she's absolutely like, no, nah, I'm still me. I'm still a hunter. Like that Which hasn't changed. Also begs the question, how come none of their knives have iron in them? Because only, only <laughs> Joe's <laughs> thinking about it. How is Cause no Joe is the only good hunter in this, tri- in this trio. But I mean, didn't they, didn't they and their dad come up with the rock salt thing for shotguns? Again, they can't, they think, s- they can't think of everything. They, I, look, I guess, look, they took credit for that in season one, uh, but you know what? You're at right. the time, I said it and I'll say it again. They stole it from Bobby, and that's probably why Bobby was that's shooting at John. And that's probably what, what made him argue enough to. You've been just looking at everybody my property. rock salt idea. He got it copyrighted before Bobby. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, John. <laughs> but the boys are here, um, and you know, are rescuing the, these two girls, um, Joe and um, our second. Um, cold open and that would happen in the middle of the episode <laughs> uh and now they realize that joe's idea from earlier is actually their only idea if they're going to catch this dude um because they can't find him in the sewers because he's you know ghost man yeah mm-hmm. so they have to use joe as bait and sets up like the most ridiculous wily coyote shit that i have ever seen in my life <laughs> are, are you guys into this at all like this is no i i actually really like what they wind up doing like the reveal the because they they keep doing this uh, throughout these different episodes. We're going to get another one of these little little twist twist kind of things on the monster in the uh, third episode we cover here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like any time they pull this kind of you know the wool over the the monster's eyes. Like even if you see it coming, it's still fun. And actually, like what they wind up doing is really kind of horrifying. Like H.H. Holmes, we have established not a good dude. Pretty bad. Guy. Still though, like this is like I'm like oh man, like. This sucks. Like he's a ghost, and now he's trapped down here. Like they don't even burn his bones; they just salt the uh, the entrance to this little yep. circular room. And they're like, "Nope, now you stay here for forever." He, was, uh, he had his grave cemented or cement poured over yeah. his grave yeah. so that nobody would um, uh, desecrate his body because he had desecrated so many bodies in his life that he was afraid of it happening to him. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention this, by the way. But while they were looking for Joe, they use a metal detector to, in the middle of this fucking city to try to track oh, yeah. down a manhole. Like, <laughs> do you know what is under your street? Good dog? one, guys. Nothing but metal. <laughs> like, why, why do you think nobody else has ever done that before? Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not a thing that you do. But yeah, they. I, 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 this is a weird thing. Like they they get Joe out. They trap this dude with like. A, a timed released ghost circle like salt circle which yeah <laughs> it's one of those things where um if you if you see it and it happens and it's pretty quick then you're like oh man that was rad and then if you give it any kind of thought whatsoever you're like well how did they rig it up and how did they get did they the, rig it up where's how the salt like, from? did they bring what the if salt? the salt fell in just you know a million different ways other than the way it actually landed and there how was did they break in it yeah like what consistency is the salt that it's following falling straight down and not bouncing everywhere heavy. man like it's just is it kosher salt i don't, I don't i mean i'm be honest I, i've never messed with rock salt before so I don't know, is that stuff heavy I don't know. I have no it's clue. It's a little heavy. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little heavy. No, Chris, like, Chris knows a I, little bit about rock salt. And then I know a little heavy. bit about how, how heavy rock salt is. Uh, all right. Chris, it's a little heavy. I'll tell you a few things about rock salt. The ghost is trapped with it. Oh, we get to use it to uh, melt snow. You can like, put it down over ice, and it, it like helps break it up when you're shoveling. 
Uh, yeah, super so, so what you're saying <laughs> is that after you get creamed, you get salty. After I get creamed, I like to put a little salt on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. boys? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what I'm saying? No. Uh, and then, yeah, <laughs> Dean goes and borrows a cement truck and just, like, yeah, pours cement thing, like, into this manhole cover. This idea was way, like, I was like, oh, man, that's actually like, this is a cool, creepy idea. Like, imagine, like, people just walk by this hole and you hear, like, sometimes you'll hear screaming in the middle of the night. Like, that's a neat ghost story. Then he's like, then he backs up a cement truck. Like, you can't just steal a cement truck. Full of cement. Like he did, though. He did, though. He did, though. I don't know if people realize how difficult that actually would have been. Yeah, no. I mean, he did it. So <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll I'll he's tell you he did it, though. He's like, I'll give it back. It's fine. I like this because, um, like, I don't know what they think how, how they think cement works, but like, it's not like if you're poured it into a sewer. It's just going to go to the sewer and then go out. Like, it's not going to build in a perfect column, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. no. I'm not. And this is no, another example right. of just the, just like the lake of them not solving a fucking problem. And just well, no, it's like it. he's cemented around, like, his feet. Like his, like, his feet are cemented up. Like, it goes up and then it spreads out. So, you know, like, he, he stuck to the floor. Oh, I always start, thought they were, like, trying to deny access to the this the, the manhole. The, 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 oh, I thought this. they were just pouring it into where he was. I don't know how this works, guys. Because he could just face it. sense. I guess I maybe know. if you mixed salt with the concrete, you could cement a ghost. Could you cement Ooh, a ghost? I'm going to let you know that they did, though, because you, it was pre-made cement. <laughs> That's true. That's he very stole true. It. it wasn't Dean Winchester's cement. Which <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't, maybe he stopped mixture. by the store. Maybe yeah. he stopped by the store, picked up a whole bunch of rock salt, and poured it in there on his way over. Dean Winchester's cement, that term has been used in fan fiction before, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, um, it's very salty cement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think that they clean up the hunt, they go home, and everything's fine, and there's well, no dramatic reveal. There's no dramatic show, right? Are you sure? Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like there does, no, that does not sound like supernatural. Most important <laughs> trivia in this episode. In this episode. <laughs> yeah. This, um, talk about this. This, yeah. this is this is super great because um, we after this p- little cement party, we go to uh, <laughs> the Impala. Dean Winchester is driving, and the passenger seat is a very, very angry Ellen. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's real good. Like, feel it, feel the angry vibes through the TV screen. Angry Ellen, um, and there's a very uncomfortable Joe and Sam in the back seat. And yeah, like little kids in the back. But then yeah, Dean's exactly like, "All right, screw like. this. I'm turning on the radio." And then you just hear cold as <laughs> Nice. And then she immediately just turns it back <laughs> off. <laughs> He's like, well, this is going to be a long, awkward ride. <laughs> so yeah, uh, fun fact, according to the wiki here, uh, this is the first time that four people have ridden in the Impala. That's good to know. That's a, very, that's a good look. You know Wikipedia is need to oh, exist. That's yeah. a good stat. Yeah. Add it to a spreadsheet. I, I, I'm probably going to make one right now. Let's just go ahead and commit to doing it. The... Uh, we go back to the, the Jesus Christ. We go back to the uh, bar, and Joe and Ellen are like having a screaming match inside the place while um, Sam and Dean are standing outside. And uh, we we learn some some kind of awful truths that Chris, I think you mentioned earlier that uh, you know John Winchester let their dad die, let Joe Joe's dad and Ellen's husband die. And uh, Joe hears this and gets fucking pissed and like storms mm-hmm. off. And um, there's this thing where I really like Dean's response to this because he's like, hey, Joe, are you okay? And she's like, no, 
<laughs> like from Key and Peele. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, bye. And just like turns yeah. around and walks like, off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then just what she, then she like, wait, Dean. Yeah. I don't I'm remember sorry. how he ends up, because he's like, okay, see you later. I think he literally says, see you around. Like he just is like, screw yeah. this. I'm out of yeah. here. Yeah. You're going to yell at me. I don't give a shit. I'm leaving. Which props to Dean. Like he's got enough fucking drama in his life that he's yeah. going to deal with somebody He's got to deal with Sam still. Yeah. Sam acts this way every other week. So. <laughs> yeah, he's used to it. <laughs> hey, Sam, you fine? No. <laughs> no! <laughs> you guys have seen that skit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> he's just like, oh my God, what? <laughs> 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 uh, um, any wrap-up thoughts on the episode before we get into... The next one? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I don't really know why they're holding it against Dean and Sam so much, because they're like, you know, Ellen keeps saying, like, not with those boys, not after whatever. Mm. And I, I guess the, the long and the short of it is that they, John and Joe's dad had a very similar setup where one of them was used as bait, mm-hmm. Joe's dad, uh, and the other one was not able to pull off whatever it was that he was supposed to pull off, and uh, her dad died. So mm-hmm. they just blame John, which probably is his fault. But the way that the way that she talks about it is really weird. Uh, my dad had a partner, and uh, got him killed. Like the way he ta- she's talking, <laughs> really, really yeah. barely. It's just like, <laughs> don't you know, play I, fucking I charades see- with me, Joe. <laughs> what do you I mean three words? <laughs> Dean in his head is like, what on earth does this have to do with anything that she's yeah. upset with yeah. him about? <laughs> Like he was already like he already probably wanted to leave. He's like, I'm hungry. I was trying to catch a burger, but then I run into you and your mom screaming at each other. Like, I just yeah. There's leave. no way they stop for burgers on the way back. No, couldn't even listen mm. to the damn radio. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think this episode is okay. I really like. Yeah. I, I, I really like it when Joe shows up, especially now that I know yeah. like. Um, well, I don't want to get too spoilery, but um, yeah. she's now that I know like she's in this season. Like, I wanted I want to get as much Joe as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. though that maybe sounds creepy, but. The overall ghost stuff didn't really do it for me this week. Like this kind of like ridiculous Scooby Doo ending that they did. Like we're just gonna fill up the manhole thing with concrete. (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely Scooby Doo ending. (laughs) There are a few there are a few moments in this episode, and the fact that they're using H H Holmes is kind of cool. But overall, I'm not a huge fan of this episode. I didn't realize that until we started recording this. Where you keep saying, "Hey, but do you have anything to say?" I'm like, I don't. I don't have shit to say about this because I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's not interesting. The coolest part of the episode is the conversation that we were able to have on like what might be going on with Joe's, like what she's dealing with with the loss of her dad, and just posing that against what Dean is dealing with, and then how Ellen is dealing with that. But they, that's only very rarely actually touched upon in the episode. Like a lot of it's just them kind of walking around in hallways. Mm-hmm. And looking at yeah. ectoplasm. You, you know something? Why does when when they first realize uh, a few episodes back what that it's Sam and Dean Winchester, it's John's sons, she's like, Oh, you're John Winchester's boys. Well, like, you know, hi, hi, how are you? Yeah, what's up? Like she's she's super cool about it, but like did she not already know that Well I, well, think-, I think when you put yourself into a situation like Sam and Dean and um coming into the bar is one thing. Yeah. You know, going yeah, on hunts right. is another yeah. thing. But if you involve Joe, Joe literally runs yeah. away from her mother which triggers those protective motherly instincts. Yeah. And then, and then like, Dean you know, straight up just lies to her about it. So yeah, that, that doesn't help anything out either. Like, I mean, you know, lying straight to Ellen's face probably like destroyed whatever trust that she had for those boys. So 
Well, Sam, I think, is still okay with her. Well, it's because Sam literally <laughs> Sam, does nothing in this episode. Sam doesn't do anything much in it. this episode. Like, he went and got coffee and came back and was like, the second the second cold open happened. That was his two jobs, yeah. getting coffee and announcing the second cold open. And I guess that there's <laughs> an episode later that's mostly Sam, where Dean is kind of on the sidelines. But it's always weird when, like, one of them just isn't in the episode. Well, yeah. I an episode specifically, in, um, specifically with this one, though, I think it has a lot to do with how he broke his arm. Like, oh, it could be, yeah, like, maybe there was, was more action so stuff planned. He, like, he needed, I, I, I remember reading somewhere that, like, he specifically had to take time off of this episode. Yeah, and then he broke his friggin' season. shoulder in, like, season eight or whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. or season nine, for, by wrestling, uh, the kid who played Kevin, wrestling on set, and he broke his friggin' <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> Lame. Jared Padalecki's like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about season two, episode seven, The Usual Suspects. Chris, do you want to give us a, a quick recap? Yep. Uh, Baltimore hunks arrest the obvious suspect in the grisly murders of a lawyer and his wife. Dean, caught with blood on his hands and a history of being on the spot when people die violently. I didn't read that very well, but I also added hunks on my own. I was just I yeah, you just need to do it. <laughs> Baltimore hunks sounds like a very bad baseball team. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Dean gets arrested for uh, murder again, I guess. Keeps happening to him. Now, I gotta say, one of the best parts of this episode is the opening montage of all the fake identities that the boys have used. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> anytime, they, anytime they take a minute and they just list all of the things that the, that the cops have been keeping track of them for, it's really good. Because it's so ridiculous when you lay it out like that. Yeah, and like I love the fact that they talk about like grave desecration and like exactly, the, just all yeah. of the stuff that they actually do on a on a day to day basis for this job is just fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. <laughs> no way that Joe Joe should definitely go to college. She should definitely go <laughs> yep. to college. Yep. Um. So our cold open is is kind of a weird one. So um this 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 episode features a lot of back and forth. Like they're trying to uh, mm-hmm. do some pretty interesting kind of narrative structures in this um and it's just kind of fun in general uh but our, our cold open is a guy getting a fax and in between him getting a fax and like getting a confirmation on an id on like a police sketch or, or whatever um we, we also cut over to like a riot cops breaking into a hotel room and uh also another you know some guy getting interrogated in the cop room and like this all kind of leads up into a crescendo when the riot cops busted on Sam, still in the hotel, and then we just revealed that Dean has been arrested and has been interrogated for the murder of somebody. Yeah, and um, it's just a lot of talking to Linda Blair, right? It's yeah, a lot of so it's it's, this episode, yeah, yeah. It needs it needs to be mentioned that you know Linda Blair from The Exorcist is is all up in this piece, um, <laughs> horribly miscast. I think, like, I don't, yeah, yeah. This doesn't, this doesn't. I like that she's in it. I like Linda Blair because I like The Exorcist. I don't, I don't particularly care for <laughs> this this episode very much, to be honest. Well, yeah, because yeah. I mean, like, uh, but here's the thing: I wa- I wonder how if how they went about it. It's like, hey, we need to get we want to get Linda Blair in one of these episodes. What's an open, you know, one off part that we can give her where she'll last through the whole episode and she doesn't die at the end? I guess spoiler, she doesn't die at the yeah. end. But um, yeah. yeah, she doesn't, which is nice. But yeah, it miscast is absolutely the way it is. Like I, I don't know. Like it, it 
I just don't see like her and the other cop dude. Like, like they don't really seem like a couple. Not they, at they have, all. Like it's the so least amount of chemistry ever. And like, he might be fifteen years younger than her, which is yeah. fine if that's, that's yeah, that, which that's is okay. totally okay. But like, like you say, Chris, there's no chemistry. There's a scene where um, her partner kind of gets her off to the side and uh, like cups her chin. And my it's wife so sitting on the weird. couch was like, why is he touching her that way? That is not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, they're, they're, they're banging it. And she said, no, they're not. <laughs> she goes, they're not. It doesn't look like it. They're 100% not. Yeah, they're 100%. They are necklace giving banging at this point. Um, I so, feel a little bit like bad because the first few episodes of the season, everything we've covered so far has been good. But then we get to these two, which aren't bad episodes, but they're not great episodes. Uh, yeah, they're 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 two of the weaker ones, especially because they don't really give us a lot of the the meta plot, which is definitely I think that's what it comes down one. to. Is After it, the would, high of the season opener, and like, okay, there's yeah. you know Dean's carrying around a secret, and we're gonna find out all about this stuff, and oh shit, there's other hunters out there. Like they like these two episodes, even though like the last episode was very Joe centric, like this one is just kind of feels like the boys, you know, got hit that eight, eight to five Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the, the narrative device on this though is really, really fun, at least for the first half. So the cops are interrogating Sam and Dean individually in two separate rooms and they're both mm-hmm. telling this elaborate story. And as they're telling it, which is like, Oh, we were best friends with Karen Giles and you know, my, we haven't heard from him a while. So we came to check on them. And then we see like in the actual flashback that they're like, Oh yeah, this dude was murdered. We have no idea who it is. We just need to go check it out. Cause it's a job. Which yeah. I think is, yeah. I like that really a lot. Fun. We're yeah. just, <laughs> they, they're like, <laughs> Because, um, again, like, this isn't a great episode. It's, not, it's, it's barely a good one. But getting to see, we keep saying this over and over again, seeing the brothers just interact daily is always entertaining because yeah. of the different ways they get on each other's nerves uh, and, like, the way they play off of each other. It's, like, especially by now, the two actors have, they've worked their chemistry out to a T mm-hmm. uh, by this point. So just watching them interact with each other is still, it's still entertaining to look at. We get the Mulder Scully line here. Where uh, yeah, I'm not Scully. You're Scully. You want, no, I'm Mulder. You're a redheaded woman. Um, <laughs> but this like these first scenes. It's funny because it's I see it as like Jared Padalecki acting as Sam, acting as fake Sam. Yeah. It's like layers of acting. Like it's it's a little much. But at the same time, like I, I get it. Sometimes sometimes Jared overacts a little bit, or or even just Sam is overwritten a little bit. Like just yeah. oh yeah. Well, he 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 really puts that like he he puts that forehead to work like anytime that he's like seriously <laughs> acting that forehead is like he's exercising I, I can see his forehead like lifting weights like while he's pumping iron, right like he's, he's he's putting it into like it's always like scrunched up or like all spread out like it's it's yeah um overacting is, is a good way to say that i keep i mentioned that they were investigating the murder of a chick and i'm sorry that that was not true they were investigating the murder of an architect mm-hmm. and then find out that mm-hmm. by you know in, they start doing the job and trying to find out weird stuff. Um, and then they end up finding Karen Giles dead. Um, and then that's how Dean gets picked up. As yeah. He's yeah. just getting it. Finds we don't dead. find that out to like halfway through the. Oh, well, I jump ahead. yeah, I guess I did jump ahead a little bit. Whoops. Yeah. Cause we yeah. don't really know why they've been like implicated in this at all. Cause they go to the office where the guy was murdered after the fact and start snooping around. Oh, I did skip a scene. My bad. Yeah. I it's was okay. thinking that this is okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. But when they go and talk to Karen, um, they're pretending to be like insurance investigators or something. Just, just praying on another woman's and grief. Sam is yeah, yeah, praying on somebody's grief, and Sam's giving her again the old puppy dog eyes, which is funny because like 
Dean will say something and Sam will look over at him like, dude, come on, give him, give him that look. And then immediately like, oh, give her the soft eyes yeah, again. It's like, yeah. that's, wh- that's where Jared shines is like trying to like, it's like almost comedic. I think he's really, really good in funny moments like that. Um, but just trying to switch between like, dude, what the fuck? And oh yeah, sure. I'm interested. Yeah. Keep talking. But Dean has this thing where, uh, <laughs> he's like, have you, uh, talking to Karen? He's like, have you heard anything, uh, unusual recently? She's like, unusual. What do you mean? You know, like, strange she's like i don't know what you mean you know like weird like yeah dude just keep saying that <laughs> it's just like what would you like me to say the same thing the boys are just trading meaningful glances quickly like, and she's like yeah he had a he had a nightmare he told me he had a nightmare the night before he died and dean's like tell me about it like what? yeah he gets super creepy why about do you need this? to know about that <laughs> insurance adjuster <laughs> Anything man odd it's so weird. It's so fucking much. Tell me about your dead husband's dreams. Let's yeah. go. And just because it's going to be important later, we, we should mention that while they were investigating the, the husband's office, they did find printouts of uh, just pages and pages of paper with Dana Schultz printed over and over on it. Yeah, Dana Schultz. You know, Dana Schultz. name or these words, Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting that, of course, it's supposed to be funny that both Sam and Dean separately call the lawyer Matlock. Um <laughs> But yeah, it also, I good. think, helps illuminate that, of course, they have, like, the same sense of humor, kind of, but, like, how well they're able to communicate even when, obviously, that's just a joke, but like, how well they're able to communicate even when they're not together, where I don't necessarily think that they planned this story out because they didn't have time to, but they have their patterns of the way that they think, like, okay, if this happens, uh, these are the types of game, or this, this is the type of answer we're going to come up with. So that's their stories are able to match, even though they're not together. And I just picture like little Sam and Dean sitting in the motel room while John was off somewhere, them just like making up stories or like coming mm. up with little games that they would play. And that's how they taught themselves to think like this and act like this. And of course, that's probably not true. It's just supposed to be that they're so well linked, whatever. I don't know. But uh, and it, that's actually, in some that's cases, they really think. Cool. Yeah, they do actually plan some of the stuff out, right? Like they, mm-hmm. because later on, like um, as the as they win the cop girl, uh, they, as they win Linda Blair to their side, uh, details are like, hey, okay, go to the nearest hotel that's like the third hotel in the Yellow Pages, and then look for the last name like Robertson or something, and that's how we know how to get in touch. Like that's mm-hmm. so they they do have some escape plans like planned out, which I think is kind of cool, and I could totally see them like boarding the Impala. <laughs> Sam trying not to spy on the girl changing in the window and like making yeah. up these stories. Like, okay, if we get it split up, like this is the story. This is what we're going to say. Cause we always see the big emotional moments, but you got to think at least within like, you know, the canon of a show, if you want to like look into the nitty gritty of it, the things that people like to think about, um, they, they're in the car for, you know, eight, 12, 24 hours like, at a time. They spend every waking moment. And I'm sure them. plenty of that is just spent listening to the radio or in silence, but you know, just as if we want to make the characters into people, some of that's got to be spent talking about something. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, if they're both on the job, then it behooves you to talk about the job and how mm-hmm. you can improve yourselves at it. Like, they can give each other little, um, like, performance reviews. Well, you know, yeah. when, we dealt with the, when we dealt with the Wendigo, I really felt like you were kind of hindering me and figuring out, you know what I'm saying? Like, on a scale of, are you somewhat satisfied with my handling of the... Anyway. Are you somewhat um, satisfied with my bag of M&Ms that I had on me? <laughs> And and again, we're we're flipping back and forth from the present, from when the boys are being interviewed, and mm. then uh, like there we get flashbacks. So we see we see Karen this time like calling nine one one because she saw like a ghostly thing, and um, Dean kind of busts in, but we we realize it's much much too late because he mm-hmm. is he finds her kind of bloody on the floor, and that is when the cops bust in and arrest Dean, and that's where we find out that he's been arrested for murder. 
Yeah. And that's that's and, where we probably get one of the worst parts of Linda Blair's performance. She's like, I heard the 911 call. And I'm like, okay. Like, you're so yeah, trying yeah. to just be like this over dramatic cop show right now. It's, it's okay. Like, I have a feeling. Yeah, they're like really leaning on the cop like, show. I don't know. I don't know if, like, they almost seem like they've never seen another episode of this show. Mm-hmm. Like both her and the other dude just seems so, I mean, and we get to why the other dude, he's acting real skeevy and weird for a reason, I guess. But like both of them just seem kind of out of step from other side characters that will meet along the way that they all kind of have this people in the supernatural world all kind of have, you know, of a way about how they act. And like these two like are straight up out of a, uh, you know, afternoon cop drama. I do notice that like, or did notice that Linda Blair, she says, uh, you even got into Sanford with a full ride and she uses the words full ride. I've never heard that outside of supernatural. I mean, I I probably (laughs) have, but I've never like used it or like heard somebody in real life say it. Um, but they constantly use the term, with a full ride to describe how Sam got into college. And whenever somebody else is like, like when Linda Blair brings that up, she's like, Oh, did you go and like get the show notes from last episode where somebody else said this? Like the terminology that she uses is like (laughs) at once, like a cop drama that doesn't fit with the show. But at the same time using like uh, key highlighted words, like plucked from previous scripts to like pepper in like (laughs) with her to make her fit in. It's just like, I don't know. It all starts to be a little bit clumsy. Yeah. There's a little bit of awkwardness there, but I mean, like I said, it's, it's not the worst because I think um, before we do that, like we, we get little moments like where Sam's doing research and Dean just keeps making noises with his mouth. Cause he's bored, <laughs> uh, which I, I like, those are the kind of things that I'm like, all right, I can still watch these episodes. Yeah. This isn't a bad episode. It's like just that. A poopy in places. A little poopy. A little poopy in places. So Dean, at some point he decides, okay, I'm going to make a confession, mm-hmm. but we, Basically, he's making a confession in order to get all the attention off of Sam so that Sam can make an escape. Because after a certain point, he's like, okay, well, we're looking pretty screwed, so I need to do something so that something can happen, you know? I don't know what he would do if he just got, like, sent to prison, but um, he... uh so they bring in the camera to tape his confession, and he's <laughs> just like, okay, so a vengeful spirit... Yeah. He just does the whole thing. He's like, okay, so a vengeful spirit's coming out. We think it's related to this Dana Schultz, which we think is an anagram for at- like just lays it all out. Yeah. And our, our which I like that. Is, Anytime that can happen, I'm yeah. always into a character just saying the plot of a thing, and then nobody believing him. Yeah. Like, I like that a lot. Our boy cap is boy cop is not having any of this though, and like almost no. fully assaults Dean before being pulled off. Um, and it, <laughs> this is just. Like fun, I guess. Like it's just, it's just really weird. Uh, our, our next scene goes into Linda Blair in the bathroom, where like all of the faucets turn on, and we see the word Dana Schultz in the mirror. Yeah. And, ghost uh, stuff happens, of course. Yeah, like you know, ghost stuff, ghost stuff. Yeah. So that that kind of cues her in on like, oh wait, maybe this hunky boy is telling us the truth. And uh, sure <laughs> enough, she, she she goes over there to see him, and he's like, oh, you've got the same wrist marks that what should I call it? Uh, Karen has, and. Man, like they they just spend a lot of time figuring this one out, guys. There's not really much that yeah, a whole lot of time figuring this out. And then he finally they figure out that it's going to be on Ashland, and because she starts seeing Dana Schultz, and such a stupid anagram that I I I I know there's a reveal and it's supposed to make sense, but Dana Schultz and they're like, oh well, 
this this could be Ashland. That's a street nearby. Like Ashland is just like the most common place name of anything. <laughs> like that just it just feels like it need it's so little. It's just so little to go off of. But they're like, there's a street nearby called Ashland. And but what is the other one of the other letters? Like they're just able to make these huge leaps in logic. And I wish that they had come up with a different anagram, just anything it, different, sounded, like, or have the phone number or something in it. Because like, is there only one building on this Ashland Street? Because yeah. The, he, yeah. Dean sends this chick to, to to Sam, and they meet up at the hotel, and they go to investigate this place, and they just go right to it. Like we just go, yeah. we would just walk into it and see, like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, and yeah, this this whole thing seems it's like the uh, <clears throat> was it sunset or sunrise? Yeah, that, that um, Sam had a vision about. No, that what's what's her name? The demon. Um, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the demon told him about, it, and they were like, oh yeah, that's obviously Sunrise Apartments in this oh, enormous yeah. city. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it feels like it feels like they got a note like, "Hey, is, you know, all right, what ghost stuff haven't we used yet? All right, mm-hmm. anagrams and mirrors, we or you know, reflections, backwards words, and stuff like that. Let's <laughs> let's do that real quick." Yeah, that's and that's what this is: is uh, Sam and uh, Linda Blair like go into this room and they discover that the light shining through this sign says, you know, spells Dana Schultz, but it's actually yeah. like Ashland backwards or whatever. Not, mm-hmm. And it just so happens to be at the right part time of the day so that the sun is coming in and oh, highlighting yeah. exactly where this chick is buried. So, yay. And Sam, at some point, I just want to bring this up, punches down a brick wall. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, Which, that's you know what? very, very that. strong. A very strong boy. Punching down I'm that okay wall. That. <laughs> and what's in the brick wall? But a corpse. Because, of course, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, there, there's a little bit of fun back and forth, like, where Linda's like, ah. Oh, I think Sam says, you know, there's something fishy about this. And he's, she says, like, finding a corpse in a wall. He's like, no, that actually, that's that's pretty normal. Like, that's pretty normal for a day-to-day. Like, there's something weird about that, though. Um, but they find this body who is a heroin dealer and blah, 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 blah. This turns into, like, a crime thing. Like Basically, the only, the only important detail is that the ghost wasn't trying to hurt Linda Blair when yes. it was appearing to her. Also, this is where they find the necklace, right? Yeah, so they pull her out and they they say like they find a necklace and this chick is like, oh yeah, I know exactly where it is. They custom made it such and such and such and such. I have one just like it. I'm like, does he get the same necklace for all the chicks? Like, that's is that I, the same that goes do? Like, how like that's like I mean, if you do that and don't murder your ex girlfriends, you're still a douchebag. Like, <laughs> like, like don't do that, especially if it's like, oh yeah, I got you this custom necklace. It's like. Oh, God. God, yeah. it's just like that. Like immediately, just cements this guy as the grossest. Like, ugh. not the smoothest move. Why was he even dating her? Let's, you know what? Let's move on. Well, I mean, like they were running drugs together, and they, you know, fell into a life of crime. And yeah, that, that don't that does not matter. Doesn't make any uh, goddamn sense. While they were figuring everything out, uh, cop guy has kidnapped Dean and um, ostensibly to transport him to a new prison in the middle of the night. Which I'm pretty um, sure that's not how that's that. I don't yeah, think that well, guy would be able to do that. <laughs> no, but you see, he just wasn't answering his phone, so it was yeah. Fine. yeah, yeah nobody knew what he radio. was. Uh, luckily, it's, Sam figures out that it's a you know it's a it's a cop van, and cop vans have low jacks on them, so you can just. I like how he figures that out before anybody else, like any of the cops. <laughs> sure, <laughs> when they realize yeah. the dude's missing. Anybody seen a van <laughs> and a prisoner? This seems weird. All right, no worries. Oh, well. well. <laughs> what are you going to do? On, move on right past that. Um, and we get a little showdown. Like, this dude is obviously going to... He stops the van and pulls uh, Dean out, and Dean's being kind of a complete smartass to him the entire time. Which is which is always good. Yeah, which is fun. There's some good lines in here. Uh, and, like, the Sam and Linda Blair show up, and there's 
a series of action shots that don't make a whole lot of sense together. <laughs> ends with uh, cop guy dead, Linda having shot him, and every, everything else okay. Yeah. So yeah. like I guess, she like, shoots the, him in the back. Also, I just want to say that that's probably a bad move for a cop to shoot somebody in the back. But yeah, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially you know another cop, that another cop you know, sleeping yeah. with, <laughs> and um, then like the prisoners get away. Like, this yeah, is all pretty messy. So I don't remember exactly what like so this Danish or not Danish the the lady in the wall. Mm-hmm. I keep calling her Danish. Um, she, so she just like does she just go away now. Like they didn't burn the body. Like, it's still a ghost there. They, She's they, not going to just go away because the dude died. Um, and, it, and we should note that not Dana Schultz shows up and kind of distracts the cop dude. And uh, yeah. that's what enables Linda to shoot cop dude in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam seems to think that because she got her vengeance that she's not going to be a vengeful spirit anymore because she wasn't a technically a vengeful spirit. She was a death omen, which ah, is, yes. I guess like the exact same functionality, but just a different the title. Exact or same thing. So then what was the fucking thing in the lake? So what was the thing in the lake? Oh, right. Was it a vengeful <laughs> spirit or was it a fucking death omen? Sam? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Let's drive spirit. back to the lake and find out. Let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they're, they're still, they're new. They didn't know what they were doing exactly. I'm they sure doing, not that, that many more like people years. died. It's fine. It's, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah this this episode, is especially because I, I I really do <laughs> I, I really do like the beginning, like the the flip flop on you know mm-hmm. them telling the story of what they want the cops to think happened and what actually happened is like it's fun, like that that's good. And then the rest of this is the guy playing cop guy is the most dreadful nondescript yeah. cop guy I've ever seen in my entire life. Like he looks like he could, he's probably been in, you know, NYPD blue a million times or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that dude well, that, is just so I think bad. that's what we keep hitting on is that where, where it is an episode of supernatural, it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's still, you know, that baseline of entertaining that supernatural has. Um, but then the rest of it's just like real dumb, lame cop yeah, drama. It's fun to watch. Like I actually like I enjoyed watching the episode. When I watched it a second time, I kinda wanted to claw my own eyes out. Um <laughs> oh, by second time I mean like seventh time that I've seen this right. episode. Uh but it isn't that fun to talk about on a podcast about supernatural. It's just like okay to watch. So yeah, the listener, yeah, yeah. it might not seem like it was that bad, or maybe it did. I don't know. Um, but talking about it, <laughs> maybe you, we were kind of realize this one up. <laughs> yeah, when you're like when you're rolling through the episode and you're like, oh, what is Dana Schultz? Like that's kind of and you're like, oh, it's an anagram, and you're either gonna have a big old like, wow, that was fucking stupid, or you're gonna be like, okay, <laughs> this is the next thing that's happening. You know, I, I'm sure I didn't hate it the first time I watched it. But, no, uh, and I, I, I don't, and I'm kind of with Steven. Like, I, I don't hate it. Like, yeah, it's an okay it. episode of Supernatural. It's just, oh my god, is it kind of a boring episode of Supernatural? Yeah. Especially in yeah. this run, like where it was, yeah, um, kind of a, we're kind of on a on a good run um, up until these, <laughs> these last couple of episodes. This next um, one, though, we have one coming. Yeah, the next one. The next one is good. Next great, um, yeah. Any any wrap up thoughts before we move that way? Uh, we get that fun, you know. Uh, dubbed the line of Dean saying, "Hey, do you feel like I could go for some pea soup?" Which oh yeah, is, you know, yeah. There is the. Does she look familiar? Of course, somehow? that's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Who is who is literally ever talked about pea soup outside of the context of Exorcist? Like anybody? Nobody. Like, Nobody. like, like, may, like maybe grandmas. I don't know. Yeah. Nope. They talk about potato soup because pea soup's <laughs> gross. Man, this dude that the cop guy has been in a lot of shitty TV shows. Like <laughs> he's got a storied history on IMDb dating back to 1983. 
where he was a where he was an extra in risky business but was uncredited which makes me think that that was total bullshit that this dude made up on his imdb page yeah he totally did (laughs) that's the kind of shit i'd be doing so oh 100 yeah (laughs) on my podcast imdb page (laughs) (laughs) it'll be a thing soon right let's do it right now Season 2, Episode 8, Crossroad Blues. Uh, Chris, hit us with the episode synopsis. She'll make your dreams come true for a price. Dot, dot, dot. Your soul. Dean confronts a demon straight out of Faust who makes a young ghoul hunter a startling and tempting offer. Is Dean the young ghoul hunter in this? Yes. Oh, yeah. A young ghoul is how I read it, and then I added hunter, so it's like a young ghoul hunter. Uh, They hunt ghouls. Fuck this. Fuck this. Stephen. They haven't hunted a ghoul description. Yet, yeah, this sucks. No, I'm so, I'm <laughs> Stephen, why are you? You're the worst at this. <sighs> I know. I hope that at some point you've uh, put the Crossroad Blues music into this episode so that the listener can hear how cool it is. Oh yeah, really we'll good. probably if I can if I can get a clean cut of the track that's playing, I will definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, as I'm listening to myself saying that, I'm thinking to myself, "Fuck, why did I say I would do that?" Because <laughs> I'm going to be scrambling. Also, because this uh, podcast is really easy to edit and play Stardew Valley with, unless I have to go do, make, make an edit like that. So, just use the actual Robert Johnson song, or <laughs> don't, because that's the easy flag. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> So the first thing I noted with this episode is, um, okay, cold open. You have uh, Robert Best Johnson, cold actual, open yet? Uh, blues yeah. guitar player from, you know, ye olden days, whenever mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and he's uh, he's playing guitar. Uh, he's playing crossword blues. He's not singing it, uh, and he keeps hearing dogs barking, and he mm-hmm. stops playing. And it seems like everybody else in the bar can't really figure out why he keeps stop or he keeps stopping playing. Like that's not a sentence. Um, regardless he seems to hear something that other people don't and then eventually he kind of freaks out and he heads home and then i guess what he's torn apart by some invisible bad guys pretty much like that yeah Yeah. well no actually he runs away and his his girl and it kind of chases him because there was a girl in the audience that was you know lovingly watching him play and uh Mm -hmm. he runs into a shed and kind of bolts himself in the shed to get away from these like weird dog sounds and that's when he kind of just like I don't even think he gets ripped up. I think he just has a seizure and he starts saying like black dogs, black dogs, and then like dies or passes out or whatever. So before we get into the episode, because I have several of these, can I check dad's journal for uh, black dogs? I would love to hear what dad's journal says about black dogs. It's the thing that Sirius Black turns into in uh, Harry Potter. Boom. uh, (laughs) Rowland invented it for her uh, Harry Potter books. A crazy Bostonian accent when talking about <laughs> Harry Potter. That Harry Potter, because we love Harry Potter. We'll be, uh, all right, I'm gonna stop. Okay. Whoa. 
<clears throat> a black dog is a name given to an entity found primarily in the folklore of the British Isles, aka Harry Potter. Uh, the black dog is essentially a, <laughs> noctur- <laughs> a nocturnal apparition, not a nocturnal emission. How oh, I almost read Ooh. it. Ooh. That's, um, a, diff- that's a different thing. <laughs> That's what Sam has. Because uh, he has to stay pure for all the women who are going to die for him. Um, often said to be associated with the devil or a hellhound. Its appearance was regarded as a portent of death. It is generally supposed to be larger than a normal dog and often has large, glowing eyes. It often associated with electrical storms, such as... I'm not going to read that. And also with crossroads, places of execution and ancient pathways. Um, basically, stories about black dogs signifying um, death or something bad company coming have just... They go back super far into uh, European history, especially. And um, there's a lot more in Dad's journal, uh, but I'll save that for later. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Chris, as always, for the Dad's journal part. Um, sure, 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 sure. I love the opening here because we go to, back to Sam and Dean, and Dean, excuse me, Sam is very concerned uh, because, you know, Dean now has like a record. At the yeah, end maybe of don't, the maybe don't pull that up on your laptop in public. In the, yeah. yeah, in the middle of this crazy busy cafe. In the middle saying. of this cafe, just pull up like your brother's <laughs> wanted poster. And um, I love this back and forth of Sam actually being a little bit jealous that he's like, yeah. right, he's not in the database. <laughs> and Dean's like, you're so innocent. It's okay. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm, I'm sure they just haven't updated the database yet, says Sam, but like poutfully, like, what? You don't need to be in this database, dog. <laughs> and this, this is a bad. Cool, this like is his brother. <laughs> <laughs> but they um they've heard about this dude um i think it's another architect <laughs> or maybe i'm just mixing up yeah. archi- our, yeah, our he, victims yeah, he's definitely an architect yeah. he's an architect in this one was he an architect wasn't an architect in the last one i don't remember what carrying god no he's, he was did. a corpse oh, in the last one he was a, definitely I, a corpse you're, in the last you're one. right let's really get into this architect situation guys let's camp out yeah. and spend some time figure this connection really out. so that would be normal enough guy builds a tower and then jumps off of it very mm-hmm. symbolic. That probably means something to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. But the weird thing is that he called animal control about being harassed by black dogs. And of course, there was really no follow up on that. So they kind of, you know, that seems to be speaking their language a little bit. I'm sure they consult dad's journal at some point. I don't remember. Um, but that's what kind of puts them on the trail of something weird going on. Yeah, and they kind of know they they like as soon as someone as soon as they hear the words black dogs, they're like, oh, black dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They go to interview this guy's business partner and find out like ten years ago this dude was a piece of shit, and then all of a sudden started recording, just recording, Jesus, recording beautiful recording podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, yes. that's a deal. With Jeremy, the devil did you, that you sell your soul? Is that why you? Yeah, I've got ten years. Podcasts. I, I've got ten years of my life left, and I'm doing a fucking supernatural podcast with it because, <laughs> so you. Because <laughs> I chose poorly. <laughs> they they gave you twenty years for that. They're like, ooh, dude, oh, ooh, dude uh, is this really they, what you want? She, we'll give you more she time. Showed back up to give it back. <laughs> yeah. She went back to hell. Found out what a podcast is came back up it was like ah you this isn't enough Are you sure <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna this isn't you sure you don't want anything else i guess like i have to give you something i can throw in a huge slong if you need one <laughs> just like, Are you no. podcast nope just just the podcast nope. okay. just the podcast <laughs> yeah. all right oh <laughs> uh, so yeah but they find out that this architect fella used to just work at this bar called lloyd's yeah just and, like uh, random dust bowl in the middle of fucking nowhere. In yeah, the middle absolutely of nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Um, that apparently a lot of people like like 
mildly yeah, successful people hang out at? We're going to have to get to that, I guess. Yeah. But first, they go to investigate um, dog noise complaints, thinking that mm-hmm. like they're going to track these victims down, like where the, the black dogs are making noise so they can track them down. And uh, there's a scene where Dean comes out like kind of jauntily from this office of veterinary affairs like not the actual veterans for more but just like i guess all of the like it's anyway it doesn't matter and uh but she's given dean the little the, the and we don't see her but <laughs> dean describes this woman it's like oh she's cute she loves long walks on the beach you know she you know she wants to go out with me or whatever and she says but she gave me this and it's her myspace page which <laughs> yeah. are we just trying the show yeah like they might as well just put a fucking date stamp on the bottom right hand side like yeah. a, like old cameras did like what <laughs> it's not but even better is dean absolute confusion as to what myspace is, is? like, like, like a porn site? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah great now we have to go get registered dicks.myspace <laughs> <laughs> yes inside joke Hopefully My dicks dot space. Then there we go. There you go. Um, like it. Um, but they they find another person that is uh, like complaining about dogs and go to interview. Um, but this one has disappeared. And yeah, they- and okay. I'm sorry. One of the boys is just sniffing around in, in this person's house. They're invited in by by like the housekeeper or something. Mm-hmm. Said like, oh, she you know left town a, f- a little while ago. She's staying somewhere. Yada yada yada. Whatever. And like Sam or Dean happens to just pick up a photo and they're like, hey, look at this. Fucking Lloyd's bar. <laughs> Just girl, it's like girls' night out, like one of those type of photos at Lloyd's bar. And when when you see the picture, you're like, oh, okay. She's displayed this prominently. It's like a fun memory with her friends. Uh, and they wrote Lloyd's bar on the back of it for some reason. But then when you see Lloyd's bar, you're like, yo, no, like, yeah, girls' what? night out was taking place at Lloyd's bar. <laughs> like, that's the, that's your last stop before you like drink a bottle of gasoline. Yeah, R- F- Lloyd's Bar looks like the place that all of the vampires in town hang out. Like it looks, you <laughs> yeah, know what I'm saying? It looks like a place that- There's definitely some vampires hanging out there for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, okay, that's fine. But uh, we we get this like brief scene with um, this person, this this person who's a very like successful heart surgeon and runs a hospital now. But um, we see her kind of trapped in a hotel room and seeing things and not you know like hearing loud noises and she's just terrified. She's just terrified and paranoid, um, which is not great. Nope. Uh, she opens up the door though, right? Um, yeah, because she has to pay. And this she dude. talks to the guy because I actually kind of like this effect. Like this kind of thing always works on me uh, in, in, in horror movies uh, where like they, she's talking to him kind of regularly and then we see her reacting to something and they cut back and like his face is just like, yeah, it's all mangling up on itself and like that always like every single time that scares the shit out of me because yeah. i keep forgetting that that happens i'm like fuck okay they don't use shit. it too much too so it's no. it kind of stays freaky mm-hmm. when you see it yeah <laughs> yeah they, they it's not terrible because they, they they use it just the right amount if it was if they yeah, lingered on the shot in, in, any longer uh-huh. and if it was just anything less of a surprise every time it'd be kind of like yeah whatever but yeah. instead it ends up really working Mm-hmm. So the boys roll up to Lloyd's bar finally, mm-hmm. and um, I, before they even go inside, I like that they start piecing things together because sometimes they're so slow on the uptake uh, for whatever's going on. But they get there, uh, they see these flowers, and are like, "Hey, it's weird that these flowers are growing out here. Isn't aren't mm-hmm. these type of flowers used in a kind of summoning ritual?" And then they look around like this is clearly a crossroads, and like swiftly they start like 
picking up on things and they, uh, they even bring up the Robert Johnson thing here or is that later? Not yet. Because uh, right now we go back to the, the lady in the hotel room and she gets, she finally gets dealt with. Like she, we start yeah. seeing like literally invisible monsters tearing her legs and, mm-hmm. and then skin up. Yeah. It's really, really gross. Yeah. Which is, ugh, yeah. It's and then we go into a, a very oddly placed flashback for this episode. Like there's nothing, <laughs> I know that they had to do this to kind of explain stuff, but it just feels weirdly, it feels like this was filmed and then like, they just had no idea where to put it. So they just dropped it in here. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's not. It's after it would. It's after what would have been a commercial break, right? I guess so. I, I, I you know, I, I forget about commercial breaks because I'm a spoiled <laughs> white well, privileged think guy they, that doesn't watch commercials. I think I don't they know if cut I out the commercial stingers um, mm-hmm. for the Blu-rays and on Netflix and stuff. Since I'm watching the, the old DVD sets, um, they're all still those. Uh, Hard cuts to black are, are still in there, so that's oh, why it actually kind of okay. makes it still makes sense that they this is where it comes back in at. <laughs> okay, well we go, we go back to the past, and this time um, we see Robert Johnson who's making a deal with like he's burying this stuff, and then a demon pops out of nowhere, this gorgeous woman, and uh, he wants to be the best blues gu- guitar player that ever lived, and um, she makes out with him a little bit and does that, lets him be. So yeah. You have to. You have ten years. Like you can go do this for ten years. And I'm gonna come and collect your soul, and that's gonna be it. Well, she definitely, you know, makes it sound like a way. Like they do a good job of like because at first you're like, okay, how you see it, someone comes up to you, he's like, hey, I'll give you this thing for ten years, and then I get to steal your soul for forever. Like you would think, <laughs> no, no, thank you. But like they, I think they actually do like all of Supernatural's dealings with crosser demons. Like, this is where they start getting real cool with, yep. like, the demon, like, structure, like, how their stuff works. Like, I'm always into this kind of thing. We're, let's get a little bit of background story on Crossroads. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm just going to keep this journal. one short, and because they're just like Black Dogs, it's just, like, an endless amount of it. Uh, there's even stuff that ties into the Robert Johnson songs, like, where people, oh, cool. not just in Supernatural, but people in real life, like, really believe mm-hmm. that... Uh, his work as an artist was like intrinsically tied to a deal he made with an actual devil. Um, but in folk magic and mythology, crossroads may represent a location between the worlds. And as such, a site where supernatural spirits can be contacted and paranormal events can take place. Symbolically, it can mean uh, a locality where two realms touch and therefore represents uh, a word that I can't read out of dad's journal, a place literally neither here nor there betwixt and between. Um, so, Pretty obviously, it's just the a flux between worlds, basically. Like this mm-hmm. crossroads, this place in the road, and uh, supernatural goes with the, the ritual side of things, where you know, burying this uh, basically little artifacts of yourself, like your your picture of yourself, something important to you, whatever it is, um, and then summoning the demon through a spell brings them to you. Mm-hmm. And I also yeah. just want to mention, yeah. as just a tiny bit of trivia, that. Uh, Robert Johnson is doing this in Rosedale, Mississippi is the tagline on it. And I actually own property very close to Rosedale, Mississippi. <laughs> so I pass a well, sign that sounds Rosedale. Rosedale. Yeah, I guess I don't, I've never been there. I just pass a sign. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go back and uh, somehow or another, they, they find Dean and Sam in the present. They, they dig up something and find a, uh, the whatever, like, thing offering that you that they, these guys have put together and uh mm-hmm. that's when dean is like just like robert johnson and sam is like who's that <laughs> and boy do i love when dean gets a good music moment to sign he's like what are you talking yep. about you don't know who robert johnson is like i just love the fact thinking of john winchester and dean winchester in the impala listening to some robert johnson like right after yeah. killing something with a crossbow like that's great that's pretty <laughs> awesome <laughs> 
John Winchester is a lot of things, but at least he let Dean listen to cool music. Yeah. Very true. That makes up for it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> we get some stuff here, too, where Dean is kind of angsty about, like, these people just, you know, yeah, making totally. deals. Because uh, he's like, well, that's just, they're just going to throw away their lives on something, on some piece of shit thing. Uh, he's yeah, that's, not that's dealing kinda interesting. with things. Yeah, he says something about, like, nobody put a gun to their head and forced them to play Let's Make a Deal. Exactly. Um, and this is after, I think, that they talk to, or maybe before they talk to the painter. Um, but he so, yeah, says, they yeah, found nobody... his license or whatever when they dug into this thing, and that's when they go talk mm-hmm. to him right after yeah. this. But they're like, nobody forced... Dean says nobody forced them to, to do this. Uh, and Sam says, so what, do we just leave them to die? And, of course, in Sam's mind, he's like, you know, yeah, these people did a bad thing, kind of. They literally sold their soul to the devil. Like, that's... You, you make your own bed with that one. Um but he also understands, I think in a way, like he's almost looking at it from John's perspective. He's understanding a little bit of a desperation that you want something so bad that you'll do it. But he doesn't really go into any of that. It's just a, like, there's still people, Dean, and we should probably still help them. And Dean is just like, no, like, fuck them. Like, yeah, like we got guy, enough on our guy, plate <laughs> fucking <laughs> with people that want to stay alive and not trying to save people's souls that are giving it away into crossroads in Mississippi. Like Jesus yeah. Christ. And to a guy like Dean, you could, they never really go down this path with his um, way of thinking, but you could totally see him being like, you know, if a guy wants to kill himself, that's none of my business. Like I'm out here risking yeah. my own life to save others. So if somebody's going to have that kind of an attitude, then screw it. But we know that that's not really why Dean is upset about this. Given a d- different circumstances, Dean might be on the same page as Sam. And we're gonna yeah, like, we're gonna get into a lot of that back and forth here in this yeah, episode. He, he starts projecting super <laughs> oh, hard yeah, on yeah. one dude later. <laughs> yeah, but they track down this painter guy, and um, like we spend a lot of time with this painter guy for what ultimately ends up being pretty simple. Like number one, he he exposes us to goofer dust. Goofer <laughs> dust. Goofer dust is a is a looks like pepper, and uh, but it keeps out hellhounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, some Louisiana hoodoo magic that, you know, this black painter guy knows from his grandma or whatever. Um, and this guy's a little fucked up about, he asked for, to be the best painter in the world and forgot to mention, you know, fame or glory or money. So like he, he mm-hmm. sold his soul for 10 years or he sold his soul. It has this amazing artwork collection in this like shitty house that he's living in, but it, nobody yeah. knows about him. Like it's all, said, I should have wished for fame instead of talent. Yeah. Which again, uh, like I'm, I'm always into like, it's so overdone at this point, but I kind of always get into whenever they're like, Oh, cause I mean, it is a thing where, you know, artists, you know, they'll die young and then all of a sudden all of their art is discovered, you know, after, mm-hmm. after they've died. And then they're like, oh man, they were such a treasure in their time. Why weren't they recognized? Like I'm, I'm always into kind of like this kind of a thing being the explanation behind it. It's just, yeah. it's an interesting twist on it. They do a, uh, almost like a monkey's paw type thing here. Like mm-hmm. you got your wish, uh, but it didn't really pan out the way you wanted it to. Except even in that, it's not like it's worse than the monkey's paw. Because like, oh, I wish for a lot of money, but then the money like destroyed my family. But also, I sold my soul to the fucking devil, and I'm gonna be in hell forever. Yeah, like, <laughs> a that's, bit worse. A, that's a bad bargain. <laughs> we uh, we we also just participate in an enormous amount of hand wringing about whether or not they should let this dude die. And finally, the dude is just like, it's not your fucking choice. Like, I made the deal. I'm just gonna try to finish this painting, and I'm gonna let him come and get me. Like that. You, you guys keep this goofer dust and go try to save another guy. Yeah. Fortunately, he knows all of the details of this other guy, so it's really easy to get to the yeah. third part, the third act but, of the uh, show. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be kind of bad. I think he, he talks about like trying to track back down the demon and fix it, right? 
the painter guy? Like, doesn't he oh, talk maybe, about like going know. back to the to the bar and like in that's why he kind of knows about the other people? Well, there. he's the one that he's the one that summoned her, and uh, he explains that once he that's summoned right, her, he was the deal, first one. He yeah. was the first okay. one, and then what he didn't anticipate right. was that she would just hang out and like do deals with everybody at that. that bar. Yeah, at that shitty, yeah, shitty which makes vampire sense. bar. So. But he um, he's mentioned hellhounds now, which is different than a black dog, which is mm-hmm. really not that what we've been dealing with at all. That's just an omen of something, and it's creepy and cool in its own right. Uh, but a hellhound, um, which I'm sure you know, Dad's journal is going to have something on that. Um, a hellhound is a supernatural dog in folklore. In case y'all didn't get that from the name, a wide variety of ominous or hellish supernatural dogs occur in mythologies around the world. Features that have been attributed to hellhounds include mangled black fur, glowing red eyes, super strength. Uh, speed, ghostly or phantom characteristics, and a foul odor. Uh, certain European legends state that if someone stares into a hellhound's eyes three times or more, that person will surely die. In cultures that associate the afterlife with fire, hellhounds may have a fire may have fire-based abilities and undertake uh, other duties related to the afterlife or the supernatural, such as hunting lost souls or guarding a supernatural treasure. Blah 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 blah. In supernatural, in the fiction of supernatural, hellhounds are based essentially invisible dogs of the devil mm-hmm. that come to hunt down um, people who have sold their soul. That this is how you die, basically, when you sell your soul, is that the dogs come for you. Except and for John Winchester, pick- who I guess just had a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they pick the coolest illustrations uh, to show, oh, yeah. like, whenever they're doing the research on it, like, man, some of this shit looks so cool. That's because they know that they don't have to show them because they're invisible to everybody. Yeah, so they can, person that's exactly. being pursued. Yeah, no, every actually, special effects operator out there is like, thank God the monster is invincible. <laughs> yeah. I think that, Jeremy, you were, you were bringing up that um, that I, I don't, I'm trying to tell I'm, I can't tell if like the show is being consistent within itself or if it's just it's doing what needs to be done for the plot. It is weird how like sometimes the person who sells their soul either just like they just fall over dead like their heart failed or something mm-hmm. like that. And then other times, like like the lady in the apartment, we see her just get ripped to shreds. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's when you're running from Exactly. Them. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. that's the hellhounds hell that after you. Yeah, it digs. Yep, yep, 100%. Okay. It's always that people who are just not willing to make good on their deal that they made. Um, and maybe when you are willing to make good on it, you just like you just die. That makes sense. So at this point, they're, they're armed with the goofer dust, and Dean tells Sam, like, you go... And uh, take this goofer dust to the guy we haven't met yet, the third person, and that's going to be attacked by these hellhounds. And uh, I'm going to go to the demon. I'm going to try to trap her, and I'm going to try to exercise her. And Sam is like, "You know what this is about? This is about dad." And for <laughs> once, for once, you know, yeah, normally I'm not right. right. Yeah, for once he's actually right. And this, they start finally talking about the fact that uh, John Winchester almost certainly made a deal with the demon, and that's why Dean is alive. Yeah, and Dean's kind of suspected something like this for a while now. Why John, you know, suddenly died and he was miraculously healed. You know, he's not he's not a stranger to these kind of things, but um, I think this is now where he's fully acknowledging it, of course, and just being fully pissed off by the fact that um, he thinks he should have just died. And there's a lot of that shit that's going to keep coming up throughout the rest of the season and the rest of the series of, you know, maybe it was he's just my turn. He's not supposed to be there, yeah. He's not mm-hmm, supposed to mm-hmm. be there, and that's Dean's biggest thing. Is you know, I I wanted to just have a whole family together and have us boys be all back together again, but I died, and it should have stayed that way. But instead, dad that dad is dead, and now I gotta live with that shit. Uh, I gotta live with the burden that my father's dead because of me. I don't see it personally that way at all. And but, and this is this is but weird because you can they kind of understand where he's coming from, though a little bit. I do I mean, understand. I do. Where he's I do. Healthy, I do. But, I do. But, yeah. yeah. 
I'm, I'm on Sam's side with this one where he's like, mm-hmm, dude, mm-hmm. like he says later, like we are his legacy. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, obviously you're going to be hurt over it. You lost mm-hmm, your dad mm-hmm. and, and he said he died because of you, but it wasn't any like, because something you did, it's just like your dad loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself for you. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different because he's rotting in hell right now and like, or burning in hell. Yeah, right it's, it's, it's a little different. Yes. Yeah. But and this is kind of the way that this is presented is odd too, because they have this conversation before Dean goes to confront the crossroads demon. Mm-hmm. And then after the crossroad demon is in the picture, she starts kind of laying all of this out like it's news and he starts reacting to it like it's news. And it's interesting that the way that, that all, that all ends up happening together. I, um, yeah, we so, also, this, this conversation though happens after they go confront this new dude, Evan Hudson. Yeah. I think I skipped um, a step the last there, dude, yeah, yeah. which that's actually, this is actually kind of important because, um, Dean starts to, you know, they, he, this guy, Evan, he, he convinces his wife to, to leave for like the weekend, go have fun on this trip that you're having. Don't worry about me. I've got work, all that stuff. Cause he knows what's getting ready to happen. He's seen mm-hmm. visions too. Um, and then when demons, Dean and Sam show up, Dean immediately starts laying into him. Like, I mean, like hard like, oh, projecting his problems. You sold your soul, what, to get the girl? And this guy's like, um, actually, no, my wife was going to die of cancer. Yeah. And Which is I like, sold like, my soul oh, for her. That's sad. Yeah, like I would, I would do it again now. Like I don't care. I'm glad I did it. And then Dean is still like, "Well, that's selfish because now she's gonna have to live without you." And of course, like this is Dean saying, "Like I'm a 25 year old man, and my dad died for me, and now I'm gonna have to live without him." Like, mm-hmm. Dino, buddy, you gotta grow up at some point. Like he would have, he would have died of old age or another hunting accident at some point. Like exactly, he, yeah. he acts like. And there's really no other way to say, like, other than, like, when you're in love with somebody and you lose them, like, I can't imagine, or, like, a child, that's how it is. Um, but the way that Dean acts about it, he he just, it's like his whole world. And I get, obviously, it's his dad, there's nothing to joke about, but, like, Dean Dean's reaction to it is just so, like, different. Like, he's comparing a man losing his wife to him losing his dad, and I feel like they're not the same thing. Am I yeah. out of line here? Mm-hmm. No, 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 I 100% no. agree with you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's two totally different things. Like he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and Dean is definitely projecting all of this on this dude who yeah. is just like, no, like I actually, this was, this was kind of legit, which is, you know, again, not all, not all monsters are evil, right? Like right. they're, it's, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to become a core thing in, a, you know, a, a core, like, pillar of thought when it comes to Dean for the mm-hmm. rest of the, the rest of the series is like, you know, I'm, like, I shouldn't be here. I don't, I, sh- I should have never been here. Like that, you know, I should have died way back when, and I, I'm still here and I'm still doing this stuff. And- I just wish that somebody would grab Dean and be like, a parent should never have to lose their child. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he did, he didn't, he, your father, you're saying like, Oh, he left me here. That was selfish. Now I have to live without my dad. I mean, you basically mm-hmm. did anyway, Dean, mm-hmm. but it like, I, I just, like I was saying earlier, I get why Dean feels these guilty feelings. Uh, it makes sense for his character, but at the same time, I just wish somebody would tell him, like, no, like your dad loved you, and your dad would rather die than see you die. And maybe he didn't always show that, but in his final act, and you're calling it selfish because you're upset about it, Dean, but in his final act, John Winchester took himself out of the fight and put himself into hell in order to bring his son back. I do like, um, and I guess to get our chronology right, just to make sure that we, mm-hmm. the listener out there who's not watching the show along with us, they they do find the third guy caught to talk to him, and then that's when Dean splits to go to take care of the um, mm-hmm. the demon yep. and leaves Sam with the goofer dust to protect him against the uh, hellhounds. So we're going to cut back and forth. Um, 
I, I think we should probably just go ahead and commit and say like, you know, Sam is going to yeah. during this, the more interesting stuff is um, Dean and the demon. So Absolutely. as we're talking about yeah. Dean and the demon, just imagine it cuts back to Sam in a closed room, pouring like a black ring of dust around and like, Shit is just going crazy. He's got. He's trying to protect standard his supernatural dude. shenanigans. The yeah. walls are shaking. The doors are shaking. Like there's wind yeah. blowing everywhere. Like a, it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, but Dean goes to the crossroads and summons this demon, and it's a different super hot sexy lady. And guys, I do not like this actress, and I do not think she sells this Ew. demon stuff very, very well. No. Are you are you with she me? Seems on that? very. She seems like she's kind of a pushover. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. because she sort of is as a demon, but um, I think that. Like obviously she's like a great looking woman, but the demons they don't always get the demons right. But like a crossroad demon feels like it should be some not I don't want to say like over sexualized or anything like that, but something like like exotic in a way that like it's like irresistible. Like that's well, what pulls people in. Like regardless of be, they need to be the slickest Carl the uh, used car salesman yeah. like you've ever met. Like they need to be overwhelming you with with the deal of a lifetime. Like they need to like, be the proprietor like of the needful things, right? Like that's what yeah. we're talking 100%, about. One hundred percent. Yes, yeah. Leland Gaunt is who it should be. Yes. Yeah, I could. Nice they have to the have name. a sort of wow. energy. Yeah, they have to have a sort of energy to draw the person in to make them do anything that this person says a lot of times that is just representative uh, represented in a way of like a man being sexually attracted to this thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, come on, honey, do what I say. Um, don't you want this thing? I'll give you what you want. And that's what, you know, it's playing on basic human desires. Um, and that's what these, you know, demons always represent in fiction and um, not to get too heavy about it, but like, yeah, she just doesn't like really have that kind of energy. Um, mm-hmm. she, she's missing a little also, bit of I think, weight. I think is 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 the real issue. Like she, you said she was a pushover, and I think I agree with that. Like it hurt, she just doesn't seem like she has a like a strength of personality that a mm-hmm. th- this this creature would have. So that yeah. and it's, talking through that stuff, though, I I wonder again. Like we're always at the risk of giving the writers and the actors a little too much credit with this stuff of what we read into it. But like, I wonder if it has a lot to do with how she just gives up the ghost on like she just calls Dean out by name. Like there mm-hmm. is no act that she puts up because she's immediately like, Oh, Hey, yeah, we have your dad. And you know, like, like their interaction is so totally different than what any other kind of crossroad mm-hmm. demon. So I'm wondering if that maybe has something to do with it. Uh, again, probably reading way too much into it, but laying that out, I'm wondering if maybe that's kind of, you know, an unintentional byproduct of her, like conversing with Dean in a very different way. Because we we spend a lot of time talking to this demon who, as far as I know, mm-hmm. isn't actually mm-hmm. named at all in, in this. She's mm-hmm. she's just a crossroads demon. Um, and we we go back and forth. She, he's you know she says your dad is down here. You know basically confirms this whole daddy made a deal and he's yeah. in hell and he's not. It's having interesting a great time. that they are like their names are known to the demons and that's the exactly. first kind of time yeah. we yeah. anything about that. That's really really like, fascinating to me. That was when I was watching this the cool. first time. Yellow eyes you know, having a plan for Sam that he won't reveal to anybody. Um, that's yellow eyes. That's one dude. That's one demon. That's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Satan. That's just uh, Azazel. That's yellow eyes. Um, but now this is just like a crossroad demon saying like, Hey, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know your name, Dean Winchester. Dean at this point says, uh, you know what? I'm a little uncomfortable talking to you just in this middle of this crossroads. Why don't we step into the back of my Impala? Yeah. Which <laughs> is like, I don't care if you're saying that to a demon or like a regular lady, that's the creepiest. Why don't, like, why don't we, why don't we, you know, we have a serious conversation to have. Why don't we do it in the backseat of my car? 
Like, for kill team, you don't have to. You don't have to have sex with her. To just seal the deal. <laughs> Dean, ease up. Um, but she sees through that's this. only like she, if it was on Showtime. Yeah, no, right. Um, um, that's shameless, man. Shameless. Well, she almost doesn't see through it because she's like, okay, I'll get in the car, and then she just happens to see the devil's trap. Which sometimes when they do like the double devil devil's trap switch, like, do they mean for the first one to get seen, or is it just like, oh fuck? And then they have the second one. I think it's definitely a backup, right? They're like, okay, here's here's the easy one that you know nobody that everyone's going to fall for. But in case we have someone smart, we're also going to have the backup because yes, she sees it and kind of gets mad at him, and then um. Then we get a lot of demon talk, and boy, was this stuff kind of boring. Like it's mm-hmm. it's sad that it's boring, but um, because it's fascinating from a mythology of the show standpoint. Like the idea that there is a literal hell, John mm-hmm. Winchester as an entity is still there, is being tortured, is not having a great time. That you know these demons are doing that. These demons will go back to hell and then come back to Earth. Like this, that sort of literal placing like the mythology is yeah. really really interesting. It's just delivered mm-hmm. in like this mm-hmm. long monologue basically where she's talking and I, not not really enjoying the actress's performance up to this point didn't do no. any favors for me at all so, no you know. and we it's, have a lot of a lot uh, of cool exposition uh delivered and written very poorly exactly and it's faced against angst dean and um yeah, Ang- yeah angst dean isn't right. always my favorite i like i like angry dean and i like like fucked up dean but like angsty dean angsty isn't dean always is, my favorite yeah, and that's granted a, that's a very he good is, point he's playing it up a little bit um because he wants her to think that he's buying everything that she's selling. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is still a little bit of angst in there. And it's like, yeah, when you're bouncing off of that. And of course you get the reveal at the end, like, okay, no, he, he was never falling for it. I don't think he, I think they kind of try to lead you in the direction thinking like, Oh, Dean was really thinking about it. Um, I don't really think that he was. That no, much. I, I think, think he just so takes either. the information. I think he takes that information, just kind of sticks it in his back pocket. He's like, eh, maybe later, and then he <laughs> just immediately discards it. Is like, no, we need to. I, I need to save this dude. See, yeah, I think, um, I, think I think he takes that information in, and he's he's not using it right now because I guess to just to, yeah. to get it out of the way, he, he's setting this up to for her to go into a second devil's trap so that he can uh, exercise her. But he's taking all of this stuff in and just giving it kind of a, I think he's given a performance, right? He's acting through this yeah. stuff to make this chick, you know, walk into a deep devil's trap. Um, but he, I think it will definitely fuck him up in the future. Like he's definitely like dropping oh, yeah. little emotional baggage down his mental wells to, yeah. you know, cause that's, he's definitely hearing all of this and, and listening and, and knowing that it's happening, but also focusing on the job, which is yeah, hearing the idea that like, he could bring his dad back and have yep. 10 good yep. years with mm-hmm. their whole family back together. And like, mm-hmm. this would be the way that it was supposed to be to begin with plus 10 years. Like that's how she's selling it. So you see, you see on Jensen Ackles face, the kind of like, Hey, well maybe, maybe this isn't the worst idea, but I think that all along Dean never planned to fall for it. It's no. um, and actually speaking to whenever you're talking about angst, Dean, I, I agree with you whenever he's like sulking back and forth underneath that uh, water, the mm-hmm. very tiny water tower that's right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's like, okay, but then like she, I can't remember exactly what she's talking about whenever she gets up very close to him. Mm-hmm. You can actually see um, Jensen like you see him drop the act just for a moment. And like, you actually like for a second there, it looks like he's actually considering it. And I think that's very, I think that's a real interesting kind of Mm -hmm. tell. Not only that, not only is he taking that information, but maybe that's like, Oh wait, no, like he's in a very different mode right now. At the very least was an act. 
at the very least, I think that he knows she's telling him what he wants to hear. Yeah. And the fact that that is what he wants to hear is telling to Dean, maybe more than anything. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the, the other big problem I have with this is that, uh, again, we're going for this, you know, this double cross devil trap thing, which I always, always love. Yep. I love it when they, when they surprise me with the devil's trap. It's like that. It's like when Gene Parmesan shows up on Arrested Development, right? Like, it's just so great. (laughs) Gene! Um, (laughs) but what, what spoils this for me is the, the way that the, this whole conversation is shot. Like they're very clearly being blocked around this water tower. They're very clearly like walking around these posts and things. And I think it, I think the shot and showing you all of this stuff is actually spoils the surprise. I was like, well, of course that's what they're doing. Like why else would they walk over here? (laughs) Which I think is kind of a bummer because I like these, I like these Gene Parmesan moments in the show. We're going to call it. (laughs) Devil's traps are now referred to as Gene Parmesan's. Yes. All right, cool. I'm into that. Um, the my first time watching it, I res- I distinctly remember being like, "This is so poorly shot." <laughs> like, I was like, "Why does this look so garbagey?" And then the reveal happened. I'm like, "Oh, I get it. Cool." <laughs> but yeah, watching it now, it's like, man, that is obvious what they're trying to not show you. So yeah, Dean so- just basically confronts the fact that he's he's never. I I think I figured it out. Um, and I already said it basically. He he was never gonna say yes, but he realizes like what she's saying is what he would want. Um, yeah. If dying in ten years meant he could have his family back, he would say yes. But he knows that it's a bad thing. He doesn't want to go to hell and all that, so he doesn't yeah. do it. We get another um like threatened to be exercised scene, which. You would think after the last one ending up with Meg dying on the floor in front of him as an innocent person, he wouldn't be so eager to jump into. But um, there, there is, I guess there's an argument to be made that he doesn't know if this is a actual demon or someone that's just possessed by a demon. So he's, he's just also like, yeah, he's dead inside. now. Also, he's dead inside. Yes. Um, but she eventually like after he threatens to exercise her, she eventually like says, OK, fine, I'll call the hellhounds off of this this dude. And that's when, you know, Sam's problems are all taken care of. Yeah. Um, does he come back? You want to watch TV or something? Or yeah, yeah. What do you want to? What do you guys want to do? You want to hang out? He's not going to be back for a while. So, your, uh, how many hours you got in Stardew? Let me see your farm. <laughs> Same with Chester. You know, you, you, know you can Stardew get Valley. some sheds. You can make yeah, did, did you know about sheds? <laughs> but now it's uh, it's almost time for the big talk, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I do like that. Dean kind of considers the double cross, mm-hmm. which is interesting where he's like ah i could send her to hell anyway but eventually just lets him lets her yeah lets her go that's that's always fun um and then yeah she leaves via you know she ejects the demon ejects herself out of the body which this poor girl is standing in the middle of fucking yeah mississippi which is freaked out and like that dress like you know like she's freaking out about what yeah staring up at a hunk that is obviously dangerous yeah, very creepy. You know, there's a line yeah. earlier in the episode when they're talking to the goofer dust guy. He's like, "Who are you guys anyway? Like, how do you know all this?" And um, Dean says, uh, "We know a little about a lot of things, enough to make us dangerous." <laughs> and all I could think was, like, somebody fucking loved writing that. <laughs> like, somebody was just like, "Yeah, yeah. this has been in a script." <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, Jensen's just fist pumping his way to the camera to get to say it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. that fucking dick thing going. Um, <laughs> but then now the boys have to have a big conversation at the end about like you know. Well, this is Sam this is, is unique, saying like Dean tells yeah. ever tells Sam everything that the dean that the demon said and like yeah, Dad definitely made a deal. He's definitely in hell. I'm definitely here because of and Dad's not because of me. Like I'm 
all like he tells Sam everything, which is just remarkable. To me. I, yeah, remember, I, I was yeah. watching this lie. and I was like, "What the hell? Why don't they do this all the time?" Mm-hmm. And I get it. I do get that. Say, uh, Dean. I mean, I, how could you not be horribly, horribly mortified over the fact that your dad sold his soul for you and now he's burning in hell? Mm-hmm. Like that would fuck you up, of course. But at the same time, he's just like his approach to it. He just he's acting like it's like super fucked up that his dad would do that. Not that it's ha- not that like his dad is now suffering, but that his dad would like do this thing for him. And that's mm-hmm. the part I think that I can't get over. Some of uh, Dean's anger and angst totally makes sense, but the like you know, a father dying for his son isn't that fucked up. It's sad, but like, what 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 father wouldn't want to die for their son? You know, like yeah. Um, and and Sam, I think I said this earlier, but he brings up like we are like John Winchester's legacy. I think somebody says it. I'm pretty sure it's, 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 it's Sam. Like in this weird, like usually it's. I feel like usually it's the other way around. Sam yeah. is the one that's looking forward, and Dean's the one that's getting stuck. And you know, mm-hmm. like their their roles have reversed from last season, where yeah. where Sam was stuck, you know, on on just dying, um, understandably so, I guess, you know, in, in certain aspects. And Dean's like, look, you know, we have our we have dad to look, you know, we've got to go find him. We got to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they've kind of switched spots now, which is interesting. And and this is also a way for Dean to get out of actually dealing with his problems because. If if he could focus on his dad doing this to Dean, Dean doesn't have to worry about actually having lost his dad. Like his, he can still yep. get his dad back. So this is a method for Dean just to be scared of his feelings in general. I mean, because he about right, right, like because it's it's you know his he could get he could fix it in theory. Like there's a way to fix this so that you know his dad wouldn't have done mm-hmm. this and that he would be gone. Which is like this weird martyr sacrifice myself for my family stuff is just so prevalent in the Winchester family. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like. I think every single Winchester who has died and stayed dead, or and even some that have been brought back a couple of times, like have all done it to be a martyr for somebody else in that yep. family. Yeah, <laughs> nobody ever just dies because somebody shot them in the head. Like it's always somebody <laughs> yeah, it's always something. Actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure that actually even with the spoilers. At one point. I'm sorry, <laughs> not in the head. I'm pretty sure it's a cold open to an episode, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah on the worst. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I guess this is this is really about it, right? We get yeah. this awesome. Well, did you guys get the preview? We for to, yeah, we need to talk about that preview because mm-hmm. it's so weird. But it also is like what? Dude, number like, one, talk about the existence of the preview, but I don't want to talk about too much because it, it's. I don't want to talk about content. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk outlining about some of the biggest events that are are coming yeah. this season, and it's really mm-hmm. cool and it really hypes you up. And I feel like it was a definite like maybe ratings were dipping at this point. Um, well, and this was also a brief break because I was looking at the air dates yeah, to that, check it out. Okay. So like, there, there was like a six-week break. break. Yeah, yeah uh, between November and December. So uh, they were kind of, I guess, trying to get ratings in. But like, this whole thing is just great. We see a whole montage of stuff we haven't seen before and kind of the style that we've seen our road so far, which is they're really good at making those previews or recaps mm-hmm. or whatever. So Yeah, and their dude, montages are second to none. And Guns N' Roses, man. You can't go along with Guns N' Roses. <laughs> So yeah, it's um there's there's some big things coming and we've alluded to it a lot. And I could totally see if you if I was watching this live, I would be like, Holy shit, like what? I remember watching um <laughs> it was season five, I think, when the Winter Olympics were airing and Supernatural went on hiatus for like four months or something like that. It was mm-hmm. it was devastating. Yeah. It was devastating. <laughs> I could not Holy wait. Cow. Because at that point, I think in season five, we all thought that the show was about to end. Well, yeah, um, shit gets cranked up to like level so, 100 in season five. So. Season six wasn't announced until after 
uh, five had finished. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, we, people were kind of know, thinking. I remember thinking at the time it was airing that like, oh yeah, this is definitely like this would be the place to end the show right here. And even now, when people talk about the show, like I've had people make the joke to me, and I've made it to other people of like, oh yeah, well if you don't have time for 13 seasons of Supernatural, just like it, it just pretend that it ends at the end of season five, and you're fine. Yeah. So. That's what I did. But anyway, we don't want to uh, we don't want to stray too far into that stuff. So. Nope. Um, the preview is interesting in the fact that it exists, but it's a definite, uh, it's a definite supernatural hype train. Yep. The, yep, the yep. next three episodes we're going to cover for the podcast, if you're if you're playing along at home, are Croatoan, Hunted, and Playthings. We did update our schedule page of the uh, on the Monster of the Week cool slash schedule, so you can see all of the dates where the season three episodes are coming out, as well as the you know extras and and what have you there. Um, Thank you everybody for listening. Like that's, we've gotten really cool responses from everybody and it's just fun seeing the podcast, yeah. like kind of find a, yeah. a little bit of an audience. So if you can, um, iTunes reviews are always helpful, but to be honest with you, fuck iTunes. So just tell your friends, like if you have anybody <laughs> that knows anything about supernatural, like put this podcast in front of them. I think they would might enjoy it. Um, anything else fellas? Nope. Not that I can think of. No last comments. Dark side or something. I mean, like I don't I, you if yeah. I didn't know you. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> Chris, where can they, everybody? Chris, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> Shit, I tried to exit too quickly. I'm um, at uh, Local Bones on Twitter, and I do the Chomp Chain podcast. Steven? I am at FromSoft Junkie on Twitter. Excellent. Uh, I am at JG Greer on Twitter. I got two things to plug. One is a recent episode of Dark Inside, episode number 47 that uh, my buddies Chris and Steven guested on without me because yeah. I was oh, I was too busy throwing beads at drunk people in New Orleans. So they, they helped me out and uh, <laughs> partnered up with our buddy Vader from, from New Zealand and did a whole podcast about Stardew Valley and maybe a game, <laughs> maybe another game. So um, maybe, maybe another game. I don't know. Uh, also just going to put this out because it'll be, It'll, this week come out several weeks after this this week, but uh, Duck Feed is a group of people and podcasts that um, are kind of big. They have a bunch of big shows that cover video games and comedy and like music and movies and TV shows. Now um, we recorded; they recorded a special episode of every one of their shows and uh, kind of putting in this bundle that they're calling the uh, Diggity Duck Bundle. And um, they're selling it, and all of the proceeds go to charities. Um, so it goes to like the ACLU and Planned, Pater- Planned Parenthood. Um, for my episode on for the X Men show that we do, Days of Future Cast, we recorded about Generation X. You guys remember me talking about the horrible X Men show that I had to watch? That was for this, and oh boy, <laughs> like I dare you to try to get five minutes past the into the YouTube because you can just go Google it and like it's all on YouTube. But like, wow, is it fucking terrible? And it's a really really funny episode. So go check that out. It's like ten hours of content for I think the minimum ask is ten dollars. You can pay more if you want. Worth it. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's there's some really like the rest of those shows are really really funny too. We did fourteen oh eight for Radio Free Midworld, which is a fun short story. We did they did um, can't trying to remember what they covered for um, Abject Suffering. Steve Gaynor was on one of the on the Abject Suffering, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, they, they had they pulled some big names for that stuff because I, I think which it was crazy. Up, yeah, yeah, like they, they know those dudes. It's it's a lot of fun. So go check that out. You can find that on uh, DuckV.TV. Just look for the Dignity Duck Bundle. Sorry about all of those plugs, everyone. Thank you for listening. We love you. Chris, say goodbye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have anything funny to say. (laughs) Say bye. I was hoping you'd do the Steve thing, like Steve Arthur does.
no, I'm not a piece of shit, so I'm not going to do that. Damn! If Steve wasn't such a piece of shit that he wouldn't listen to your podcast, he'd say, no, never Speaking of that, uh, I looked into Audio Hijack was the was the software you were talking about, right? Yeah, that is from what I can find uh, a Mac OS. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Audio Hijack is what software. I use. I sent you that. Um, it has a real dumb name. Hold on, it's a it's like my MP3 MP3 or something. It's called uh, TeenCams.net. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! That's probably. Oh no! That's not. Oh, shit! Hold on. I'll find it. Why'd here. you type that in? Yeah, I don't know. It <laughs> autofilled. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Shut up! Why did it autofill? <laughs> Look, nobody's asking questions. I'm just gonna go ahead and. I don't think this shouldn't jack up my connection too much, so I'm gonna go ahead and download it. I have, um, like I said, never used it, so I don't know. It shouldn't be like. Well, I have seven viruses. Cool. Excellent. No, Excellent. <laughs> From teencams.net, I've never seen anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think teencams.net is a website, but no, it's I like the White House. If you go to if you go to, to teencams.com, it's it's a porn site. But if you go to teencams.gov, it goes to the correct place. That's where That's we're right. going. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Like like uh, what was it? Whitehouse.com was that back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> so Wait, that, was that just a porn site? Yeah, it was just yeah, absolutely. Site. It might oh, still that was be awesome. Great going on to that. Somebody did it in uh, our like, computer lab in like middle school. Um, Incognito window. Not like not even Let's on purpose. See. They just did it. <clears throat> and then White you guys have house. Dick Sporting Goods where you are. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. Be real so like I don't know what it is now, but dicks.com was. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend was trying to like buy hockey gear in high school, and he had his mom come like help him like do it because she was gonna like order something for him and he just went to dicks.com with his mom that's where you go that's, that's where you go <laughs> he's like oh my god uh can confirm whitehouse.com is no longer a porn site huge bummer it's up for sale though you guys want to buy it? <laughs> it's just, probably very make expensive. Make it just redirect to Monster just, of the Week. Just, I'm going to look up the price for dicks.com real quick. I'll be right back. Post a bunch of Supernatural smut on there. Did you just say you're going to look up the price for dicks.com? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Dick Sporting Goods is still trying to get after that one, but Jeremy Green's about to swoop in. Yeah, I'm about to swoop in on that one right now. <laughs> Yo, hold up. <laughs> So here's a weird thing. Um, it says it's I can't get it. Neither can I get dicks.cc. 
Um, mm. Dicks.community is $30 a year. What? <laughs> but get this, you guys can have Dicks.info for a premium price of th- a one-time $350 payment. Oh, wow. <laughs> $12 a That's year. So People, close. That's so close to being worth it. Dicks.info. Dicks. Dicks. Dicks.community Dicks. doesn't yeah. sound sexy anymore, though. That sounds like a community of guys who are just dicks. Yeah, it sounds like... Oh, you're right. Damn it. It sounds like a really sexually active uh, retirement home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's where Michael Scott wants to retire when he gets 65. <laughs> I said, um, please don't put this in the outtakes. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to this, this, this one that I'm just like not ashamed of. By the way, why did neither one of you um, call Vader out for that all right, all right, all right intro on Dark Inside? <laughs> I thought about it. I think that we were all like feeling a little awkward because I expected him yeah. to really just take the reins. And I'm so used to taking the reins on uh, Chomp Chain that I was like, am I about to step on his toes? Like, what do I do here? Also, I don't know if you guys are into musicals at all, but La La Land is fantastic. Didn't win the Oscar, though. Nah, I don't fucking care. Oscars are stupid. I didn't even know they were on. Fortunately, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. Until you open up Twitter the next out. day and it's like you have eight thousand new posts. And you're like, what? Yeah, what happened? I really, the world I really wanted to know what happened, but like, I couldn't really get a clear source of it until like, I like still, the next well, day. Everything I saw, I actually think I think it was fake. <clears throat> I think it was probably fake because their ratings are like precipitously dropping every year. Because so nobody gives something. a fuck about a bunch of rich people getting awards. We're doing a bunch of rich yeah. people shit. Like, nobody yeah. like I, when I was a kid, I cared because I'm like, oh, the movie deserves the award. They deserve that. I was like, they, they don't care. Yeah, I peaked when uh, what, Lord of the Rings or Return of the yeah, King won like fact, 16 yeah. Golden Gold exactly. Globes or something. And me, like I felt like I won 16 Golden Globes. <laughs> 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 Are you even doing a supernatural podcast? I think. I Are you know. even swole right now? Dick's uh, no, Church is I'm available not. for forty dollars a year. I'm having to Dick's- flex like so. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just want to put that out there. You can you can get Dick's Church for forty dollars a year. <laughs> you can claim that in taxes, right? Father uh, Father Johnson from. <laughs> yeah. Email me at father.johnson at dicks.church. dicks.church. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Are we ready to start talking about Supernatural, Chris? I guess, yeah. Oh, you're talking to Chris. I'm sorry. It's so awkward. <laughs> Steven, I told you I was going to tell you my diarrhea story. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. <laughs> For a minute, I thought we were going to actually be on topic. <laughs> yeah, we're about to in two seconds because you guys have probably both heard this story before because I've told it on Trump Channel. So this, you've probably caught it at some point. Um, I told Stephen right after we finished Dark Insight, I immediately got <laughs> sick. Like the second we finished, I was like, "Oh boy!" And then I like went to the bathroom and I was like, "Wow, I don't think I could have waited another thirty seconds. I would have shit my pants." I don't know what <laughs> happened. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> But so I was saying, like, he said, oh, that's the second diarrhea story you've heard, I've heard from you. And, Stephen, you meant the one where uh, I was on a date with my girlfriend and I got sick. Yeah. Um, I have a really weak stomach, in case that's not clear. Um, but I'm sure you've heard the story of when I went to New York with Dylan. We went to go see that band Brand. 
modest mouse um mm. and we that's not part of the story but anyway like i ate a bunch of like new york food and we were like having a grand grand old time and it's a five-hour drive back to boston and we get into the car uh and we stop at a rest stop like half an hour in so we can fill up on gas and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna use the bathroom real uh i'm feeling a little bit rumbling in the tumble you know what i mean so i go in and i uh i take a leak as you know as you got to do and i'm like you know what like they don't mind waiting a minute let me, let me just use the bathroom. Like, let me just go for it. And I'm looking around, and, like, the place is packed, and there's little kids everywhere, and it just looks like shit. And I'm like, y- you know what? I'm, I'll be fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking a dump of this. Like, this is disgusting at a rest stop in New York. Like, not. Um, so we get back in the car, and, like, you know, maybe an hour goes by, and I'm suddenly, I'm just, like, in emergency zone. We're in the middle of the highway. Like, I don't know where we are. Um, but I'm like, hey, guys, hey, whoa, fellas, not feeling too good. So they pull off, and eventually we get, like, the first place that we find where I'm, like, screaming, like, I need to get out of the car. <laughs> like, I'm sick. Um, I'm screaming, and it, we find a Toys R Us. So I run into this Toys R Us, interrupt a man in the middle of a story. He's like, hey, where are the bikes? And I'm like, out of my way. I need to shit. Um, so I run to the back. <laughs> Guys, he's like, oh, it's back there, man. So I, I run through the store, you know, knocking, I imagine knocking things over as I go. Uh, and I get in there and I'm fine. Everything's okay. I use the bathroom. Um, but at a certain point, a man came into the bathroom with his kid and like his baby and the baby immediately started crying. And he was like, all right, guys, let's go. And they just walked back out. <laughs> uh, even I'm getting a little uncomfortable by all of Actually, this kind of talk. The only time that I ever really like yelled at it or like, scolded somebody in public over something like that was uh, during the release of Mass Effect 3. It was like the last time I went to GameStop at midnight. I was waiting for Bone and Aliens. These like three younger kids were talking about like like fucking aliens and they kept saying oh, it like that and just like which ones oh. they wanted to. And there was this mother standing oh. there with her daughter and they were both like super uncomfortable. So I just like yelled at them. I'm back. Okay, I'm also back. Fucking Steven. Late again. <laughs> fucking what else is new? God damn. Did you see him the other day? Did <laughs> okay, he fucking back. respond to our DMs? It was like he took like 10 minutes to respond. <sighs> Guys, I'm right here. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I still have a minute. Is he back in? Or? I, had I, to, I had to refill our water filter thing. You're, ed- you're editing out all of his audio, right, Jeremy? 100%, yeah. Because <laughs> I can't hear him anyway. So I, know, I, mean, I, I see his I was going to play Horizon yeah. Fuck He could be guys. in the bathroom still. I don't know. Who knows? Could maybe he fell in. Anyway, you want to get back to it? Let me, uh, let me turn the gain up instead. and see if we can hear any pee noises in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about uh, season two, episode eight. <laughs> Have I ever told you, uh, you guys, speaking of IMDb pages, that my um, my my wife's stepdad like put it on IMDb that he was dead? <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever talk to you about this? It's pretty no, funny. No, you could do that. I, I guess so because, like, if you go to his IMDb page, because he was like a minor like actor dude, um, and like played oh, okay. some roles or, or whatever, and like I, I thought, guess he was, I he was tired, just a random guy. <laughs> he was tired of the life, so like I think he just like kind of like faked his online death, but not like in an illegal way, just in a like I'm gonna edit IMDb way. <laughs> yeah, he just he put a second date on there. Yeah, which is just, awesome. Just filled it in. That's really yeah. funny. Great. If you guys have seen Friday Night Lights, uh, he was he was a uh, very briefly Ooh. in that. Yeah. Cool. Wow. 
Very cool. Very exciting. My dad loves that show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ask your dad about the weird pedophile guy that confronts the coach. Hey, dad, you remember that pedophile from? uh... (laughs) I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. That's that guy. Hey, yo, pops, I got a question for you. You remember that pedophile in Friday Night Lights? (laughs) Hey, yo, pops. Is Is that how you old dad? Eleven (laughs) o'clock. Did I wake you? All right, I got a question. Oh man! You guys have a wonderful evening. I am turning off the podcast. Okay, goodbye. Oh wait, how do I turn off the podcast? (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, we still, we still, we still woke. Yeah, we still, we're still in the cut. Hold on, I gotta get this out of this fucking cut. (laughs) About to hang up. All right, good night, guys. Good night. Bye. Bye.